The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol, or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Fantastic Forum, assemble. You're listening to Fantastic Forum, the premier show about comic books and your live weekly show or your live weekly conversation about the entertainment industry and geek culture. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, or night, depending on where you are in the world. And if you're not, you should stick with us. We'll help you take it up a notch. You have the usual suspects in the building First, he is our riddle inside of an enigma trapped in Chinese finger cuffs. You don't know him. You love him anyway. He's our silent assassin, Jay. That intro was kind of long. Someone should make a shorter version of it. I agree. I agree. We're going to get someone to get on that. (laughs) Next. We're going to hire an actor. Right. He's the backbone. That, That voice you heard, the backbone, the pillar. The strength of Fantastic Forum are nigh invulnerable brawler and resident strongman, Moses Magnum. Laheim. <laughs> As for myself, my name is Lawrence Young. They call me Mayor Young. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. Uh, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking to you all about The Mandalorian, the season premiere. Uh, we'll also be talking to you about the Japanese horror film Tomi, and we are going to review... Uh, Batgirl, are we well? Batgirl, the Joker Ward tie-ins. So we'll bring you all that, and of course, whatever else it is that you all want to talk about. Um, but before we do all that, we want to make sure that we go ahead and thank Mr. Scott Rubin, who without the show, uh, without the show, who without him, the show wouldn't be possible. So thank you, Scott. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, and uh, we also should go ahead and tell you how it is you can get down with Fantastic Forum. So, uh, reaction? call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at fantasticforum.live. Join the party. You know you want to. There it is, man. She's so sexy when she's like fantasticforum.live. <laughs> there she's, it is. It's, she's transitioning. Hey. 
Could go into just the Discord chat room at allgames.com. Nay. More power to him? I don't know how it works yet. They. Forgive me. Day. There you go. Thank you. Good at that. Huh? I'm actually pretty getting pretty good at that. I hope so. That's good. I'm glad. We're we're all allies here at Fantastic Four. So uh yeah. The three of us here. <laughs> Shout out to Oz. Oz is in here this week. Uh, you know, I like to think Oz is an ally too. You know, yeah. you know, we'll see. <laughs> he's he's a work in progress. <laughs> Oz is supposed to be back next week, though, right? Yeah, yeah. More DC stuff. Yeah. Now, yeah. were we supposed to do um, all of the Batgirl tie-ins or just fifty? Uh, all of them. Oh. Now, all of them is what? 48, 49, 50? Or 47? 47, 48, 49, and 50. Okay. Because when I said I needed a picture of the covers, or cover, I only got one. Well, that's (laughs) the most important one. Okay. So I only read like two pages of it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, right here in our YouTube chat, Oz is in there. He says, I heard that. A holes. <laughs> and uh, what up, Oz? This Tucker Claw uh, who says, What's up, Fantastic Forum? Since you guys have been watching scary movies lately, have you seen the trailer, trailer for that COVID movie Songbird? It's right up your alley. Oh, and that could be our future. <laughs> well, look. Our future is that, <laughs> but I don't need to watch it just yet. I'll wait for it. <laughs> wait, is the song the Songbird Joint's not a horror movie though, right? It's just like oh, it's scary. Uh, <laughs> I mean, only because it feels so much closer to reality than we've yeah. ever. Yeah, but not, but not like monsters or slasher people scary. Nah, I mean, I watched Twelve Monkeys. That felt real and scary, but you know, not necessarily a horror movie. I watched Outbreak, felt real and scary, not necessarily a horror movie, and that's what Songbird, Songbird feels. I feel like Outbreak has, does have a, a jump scare in it, though. Like, I remember watching Outbreak in the theater and feeling like there was a point where I was like, ah! Yeah, but that's you. That's you. Like, uh, audience, because you demanded it, there is a video on our YouTube now of Larry reacting to the short horror film aptly named Larry, and it's there. One of the people that saw it, Larry, said, you're a cheating-ass motherfucker because you didn't even watch the movie. You were too busy getting that screen back up. <laughs> Listen, so the, she said, the screen she said, started watch- coming down behind me. I was like, God damn, reality is folding she in said, on itself. She said, you got to do a redo. Oh, no, Listen. I, I love how Tiger Claw's like, oh, since y'all are watching scary movies now, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Who said we're watching scary movies now? I didn't, I didn't say that. And like I went ahead and I did that last one under duress. I I set some parameters that never got reached, and because I love this show and and my audience so much, I still did this damn five minute movie. And I was like, man, I was like, I swear, I'm pretty sure that movie's 15 minutes long. <laughs> I'm pretty okay. sure. Exilla and chat says, "LOL, I saw that video. You did good, Larry. Thank you, thank you, Hecht." Look, I just appreciate someone finally encouraging the fact that I actually did it. 
Like, as opposed to all the other ingrates that are like, well, you barely did it. You didn't do it right. Well, next time you're going to... I thought it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, okay. Uh, thank you. The, ne- the next one's going to be better. You're doing other Lily next, right? Oh, look. Uh, sure, man. Hit me up uh, uh, October 5th, 2021. We'll we go ahead have- and... No, we, we might not do that, that long. Way. Yeah. What we do, we got to get all of them in the can. Sorry. Oh, uh, on the can. I'll can you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's rough, man. That that joint. I, look, I know that people are probably watching it. Like, it, it, it's, it's a different thing, I'm sure, to watch somebody else watch a horror movie. Yeah. And I'm sure the people that watch the video are like, why is he so scared of this? Yeah. But I, I swear to you, if you watch that joint before on its own, before you watch me watch it, it's a it's much more tense than you you probably would realize. Like watching it with me there to laugh at. So, I actually did watch it before I watched you watch it. Mm-hmm. It's not scary. Ah, oh, you're a son of a bitch, Jay. I'd like if if I had a if Oz was here, I'd knock you off the stream right now. But I guess we need you. <laughs> <laughs> it is a well-crafted little horror film that's fine. I agree. I, from a um, narrative perspective, I I couldn't I can't knock the film. The film was great. It did yeah. its job and it did it too well and I don't like it. There is next thing you're going to do is you're going to do the come play with me trailer. Larry, just the trailer. It's only about three and a half minutes. But that's what you it, said about the last film and it was like 18 minutes long. And we need other Lily, and then yeah, we're gonna do all those. I'm gonna spend the day with Larry. We're gonna do horror mm. all in a day, and we're gonna lay them out once a week for the next 18 weeks. Okay. And uh, play with, come play with me, Larry. Is a is a a horror movie that is essentially the remake of Larry. And if you pay close attention to the trailer that scene in Larry happens in the trailer a little bit so it, that character comes back at some point so that should be interesting now that you have context watching that trailer and it has your girl in it uh, my girl who? Jillian Jacobs Jillian Jacobs I mean I like Jillian Jacobs I don't know if I would call her my girl you wanted her to be... Peach? Huh? Is that the girl that was the voice of Peach in that one Starbomb song? No. I'm going to say no, right? I have no idea what he's talking about, but I think I <laughs> you <to> know. <laughs> no, uh, Scully. Oh, Jillian Anderson. Yeah, oh, right. damn it. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Who's Jillian Jacobs? The girl from Community. Oh, Britta. Yeah. You know, I don't even think, like, Britta, as much as I love community, I don't think Britta's my girl either. Damn, Jillian Jacobs. I didn't even realize. I was thinking about totally Jilly, different Jillian. I think of Jillian Anderson for it. I'm sorry, Jillians. There's only, like, what, two or three? Is there another Jillian? Mm. Nope. Just yeah. those two. Huh? Yeah, Jillian Reynolds. Who's that? The greatest weather lady of all time, meteorologist. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, thankfully she's with us. She survived 
lymph node and breast cancer. She get yeah. breast cancer? Oh yeah. Oh, babies are gone. Yeah. Wow. Look. <laughs> oh, I'm what you call it. It's just funny because I see uh, my boy Eric in chat, and he's like, "Fox 11." <laughs> <laughs> He knows exactly who she is. Like <laughs> Eric is that dude. Eric, yeah. Eric, don't ever watch the weather until she come off. <laughs> I did it till 1991, back when she was Julian Worry. Oh wow, wow. Okay, so yeah, so Julian Jacobs uh, directed one of those six one six documentaries, I think. Right. Mm, I don't watch Luke. You don't watch what? The six one six documentaries? Yeah. I don't oh. watch them. Yeah. Okay. Well. They're they're wrongfully named. Why are they wrongfully named? Because they're MCU stuff, right? No. Oh. No, then it's I'm... about <laughs> No, but it's okay. All right. So I guess like I guess we should we should get to uh Oh, real quick. To uh-huh. Amado Bueno in chat, he um in Twitch chat, he he said that it wasn't gonna happen. You watching horror movies, and we did it. I proved him wrong. He said it on Instagram. Yeah, listen, the poll. He 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 know he knows me well, and he knows that I didn't want to do it, and yeah. so you know, like I I would have bet the same line he did if I didn't, you know, if I wasn't me. <laughs> I would tell knowing what I know about I don't like watching these horror movies, man. I don't I don't understand how you all do this on a regular basis. I was I, like, sheesh, man. Like I said, that five minutes felt so long. Last week I did it almost all day at work, every day. Yeah. Listen, I look, we we'll talk more about Tommy later too, because that's a whole yeah. different experience. Like, Jesus Christ. I don't know what's wrong with you people. <laughs> oh yeah. And my little wants you to do the exorcist, Larry. Yeah, we're gonna whatever. do whatever, whatever. El Malo, El Malo, you, El Is Malo, that scary? Like, I've the never Exorcist. Seen it. Yeah. Here's what I can tell you about The Exorcist. I watched it through a keyhole when I was like five, wow. and then when she threw up because my brothers wouldn't let me in the room, oh. and. Uh, and I watched it through the keyhole. We had some family event thing. The few, I mean, Larry, you've met my family. <laughs> like <laughs> people don't like to hang out with. <laughs> like, you, you know, the only reason Emily's still with me is because she hasn't met my family. But um, I watched it through a keyhole, and when she threw up, I threw up, and that's how they oh, caught. Jeez, did you actually throw up? Yeah, yeah, I threw up. When wow. I watched it in its entirety, um. It was at church, what? and it wasn't scary. Yeah, they they were trying to scare me about the Ouija board and shit. So, I was like eight, and then I don't remember, is there a Ouija board in The Exorcist? They said that you open doors doing certain shit during the Ouija board. I don't actually don't remember. Oh. The board. They might have been, um, but then when actually when they re released it in the theater, I saw it, and uh, I was eating peanut butter biscotti. While everybody was like whimpering in their chair, so I never found it scary, but the people and everybody in the theater did because I remember taking a bite out of that biscotti, like, and the guy in front of me going, like, 
you know so it, it, it can be scary to a lot of people but not me and Jay I guess uh, oh. I haven't seen it yet but oh okay you should watch it Pinball Wiz and chat says the extended version will mess you up Larry should watch it oh yeah I, that's the one I saw in the theater no thank you Pinball Wiz and while I wasn't scared in the moment the next night I couldn't sleep like uh, the image I would see the images while I was like my eyes closed now I wasn't scared but it would it had I guess on some level I was scared I just don't react react to fear like Larry would where he's like <laughs> um, what speaking uh, of which what, that happens. what what the hell is that behind you Moses what is that me this? yeah what is that oh that's the album cover for behemoths um, the Satanists oh Jesus Christ yeah man. listen it's a tapestry Nah. The the singer gave it to me when I met him once. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know what to say to that. I mean, it's a weird picture. It's like Lucifer with the wings and, and you know, it's art- definitely takes artistic license, but <laughs> it is a it is cool to see in the dark. Does it glow? No. Um, well, some, it, it's not made to glow, but <laughs> you can see it in the dark. <laughs> no, thank you. My blood also says, looks like my ex. <laughs> <laughs> Oz in chat. I can confirm that the Ouija board opens up certain portals. Oh, jeez. Uh, I've heard that too. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe know. portals. Yeah. Okay, let's keep it moving. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk the Mandalorian. It's it's about that time. Um, so if if anybody you know, obviously, Mandalorian just came out uh, this past Friday. So, uh, if you all have seen it, you want to talk about the show, have your opinions on what you think. Uh, what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it, please feel free to click the link. Uh, you can find that link on YouTube or on our Facebook uh, Facebook group. Uh, if you're on Twitch, uh, you know, you can... Jeez, I actually, if you're on Twitch, I, I don't know that you can see the link to join in, but maybe you can. And if you can't, you know... Someone, someone can put it in chat. Yeah, put it. Yeah, someone will put it in uh, chat for you. Uh, while you're listening, put it in chat, <laughs> or go to or go to YouTube, <laughs> or yeah, or or our Facebook group, which you know, anyway, all that. So, uh, gents, season two, episode one of the Mandalorian has aired. Uh, you know what, Moses, what what were your thoughts? How did you feel about that first episode? Well, it was too short. That's been my whole point <laughs> with Mandalorian. These episodes are too short. Now, now How, they, this episode is longer, though, right? It's Wasn't an hour. It an hour. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's an hour. It, it's a look. I learned moving forward in season one that the Mandalorian is Star Wars short films and um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> kind of fan films, but with canon. And uh, so <laughs> I was expecting another twenty-minute episode, just like the first season premiere, and this thing mm-hmm. was an hour. Yeah. Um and still felt too short. <laughs> look, the story was great, but I, I you know, Timothy Oliphant with the 
the fucking Mandalorian armor was a little weird to me because, you know, that means Disney changes some shit. So uh, I'm not happy about that, but the actual execution of it, everything was good. I'm sorry? What did they change? Well, I remember from what I heard, they say, people say, I don't know, some people say uh, <laughs> that Boba Fett got out of the Sarlacc pit intact. So that that's, again, I'm not even mad about it. It's just, it's something that sticks in the back of my head when I see it. But it didn't take away from the enjoyment. Like, the actual episode itself was a great fucking... It was fistful of dollars with fucking Mandalorian. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, it was high noon with Mandalorian. Like, mm-hmm. it, and I got so mad at Screen Rant because they call themselves Screen Rant and they talk about how, why you get letterbox on certain scenes and you get full frame on others. You get a, a 20 to one aspect ratio for certain scenes at like the 40 minute mark. It just switches to that. And then it's, it fills in and I'm like, Oh, okay. Somebody that's on my level. All right. I'll read this article. And they're like, Oh, it's just cause the scenes were so big. They wanted the scale to be, big. no, you dumb fuck. <laughs> no, you dumb fuck. No, it's because it's tailored after Spaghetti westerns, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Fucking thirteen, like fucking huge, um, big fucking like the hateful eight. For those of you who never seen those, mm-hmm. <laughs> big fucking screen. Like it, you need a big fucking screen to see this shit. And when it switches back, like to when he rides off into the sunset, it's fucking goodbye, Shane. Come back, Shane. Like it, it it's fucking amazing. For a, a dude that loves fucking uh spaghetti westerns like this and Star Wars, like this is it. Like when I saw a New Hope do the searchers thing, I was like, Oh yeah, this is awesome. As a little ass kid I said that. You know? Um but seeing it again now, seeing the care that they take into this detail of how they make and present these stories to you is what makes it great. It's fucking quality. Mm-hmm. It's the only good thing on Disney. It's it's the only good thing on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't watch anything else. So, yeah. <laughs> saying Gravity Falls, no good. Gravity Falls, I didn't watch on Disney. I watched it all. I watched it three times straight through on Hulu. So. It's still it, there though. It's still there though. I don't give a fuck. I didn't. I didn't sign up for that. It's mm. still good. Like, I mean, it's still good, but it, it's, it's not good. only there. But it's not only there. It's still on Hulu. I would say it's better than The Mandalorian. Oh wow! Look, wow! Strong words. Look, maybe <laughs> I haven't seen it on Disney Plus. But I'm not. I'm not going to say it isn't because that. I mean, when we talked about Color Out of Space, like you look at Color Out of Space and Gravity Falls, you see a lot of parallels. I mean, Gravity Falls is a better version of Color Out of Space. Like, Color Out of Space would be just one episode of Gravity Falls, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so you could do a whole Love Lovecraft Country should have, like, should have been Gravity Falls. But, you know. <laughs> that would be interesting. Like, with a name like Lovecraft Country, it, it should have been more like Gravity Falls. <laughs> um, Which in Jay. is... Hmm? Say what? In a way, it kind of is. But no, we're, we're not, Lovecraft, Country, Lovecraft Country and Gravity Falls could totally have a crossover and they wouldn't have to change anything. Yeah. That's it true. could just happen. 
<laughs> like I don't the only thing would be some people be like why are there cartoons in this all of a sudden <laughs> why are there cartoon kids why is there <laughs> Gravity Falls like, audience who are these black people <laughs> Gravity Falls yeah Gravity Falls audience like why are they showing that the hermaphrodite penis Oscar in chat says the aftermath books describe how he lost uh, how he loses the armor after his escape yeah but that's that's like Disney shit too right Aftermath, um, I'm not is. sure that I'm not sure that it is, is it? Yeah, Aftermath is Disney. Yeah, and oh. it does sound like they're retconning some shit because, um, I don't know. I would have to read it, but because that was a book series called The Mandalorian Armor that details a Boba Fett story all around. You know what you see in the movies a little bit before and after. You know, and they got rid of that with Disney, and I guess that's the aftermath. But even this, I think, retcons what they did in the in the aftermath books. Yeah, the aftermath books are recent. Like it's too early to start retconning them. I, I haven't read them, so I don't know what's in them. Yeah, nobody read them, but <laughs> I'm I'm more about that that new the uh not the aftermath, but I'm more about that like high high council shit. High Republic? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really hyped for that. I'll be reading that novel when it comes out. Yeah, Charles Sewell's writing that joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look. Mo Moses doesn't care. He's like, you're not a Charles Sewell fan. Oh, how dare you! I'm so done. So done. You didn't anyway. read 27. What? Whatever. I read whatever I want to read from Charles Sewell. I don't yeah, need your approval. Don't, don't say like it's a selling point. Otherwise, you would have read 27. I don't need to read 27. I read his Star Wars stuff, and I read his Daredevil. That's enough. Yeah. I actually I read more than that, but still, that's that is enough though. It's a lot of books. You don't even remember what else you read. That's how much I sure I I don't. But that doesn't mean anything. I, I know what you read. There's plenty of great things I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> plenty of, and Charles Sewell's on that list. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 forgettably great. Oh wow, Jay, what do you think of season one or season episode one of Mandalorian season two? Um, I. Mm. It wasn't mm. bad, but mm. after all this time, I would have liked something a little better. Mm. Like, I actually remind myself of Mo. He's and, like, it wasn't bad, it just wasn't good. <laughs> it's kind it of wasn't like, good enough. If this were like a middle of the season episode, I'd have been fine with it. Uh -huh. But I just wanted something a little bigger for the season premiere. Mm. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Look, I I would have thunk that the the like Knights of the Old Republic references by themselves would have at least given it like a thumbs up from you, even if it wasn't like phenomenal. I missed them. Oh, yeah, I, I missed them too. what I didn't miss was David chose gra graffiti. Who's David Cho? 
David Cho is a graffiti artist, awesome graffiti artist. But he, like his graffiti transcends graffiti and goes into fine art. And like it skips it was, over pop art. Like it was in the, it was in the beginning. Yeah, when he goes to get the information from the dude, and you see that graffiti in the back, that's all David Cho art. And oh, David Cho art, like he's the dude that I think, like he did the mural on Facebook's like headquarters and got like the stock, <laughs> like some oh. like ten percent stock for one of his because he's like really good. Mm-hmm. And I've actually met him a couple times. Really cool dude. Hated Crazy stock. Cool nice. dude. Yeah, and they just paid him a stock. He's like, yeah, whatever. Like you know, he, he liked what they were doing at the time so he's like yeah I'll just do it and they just gave him stock because they had to give him something legally and mm. uh, this was be f- five years before and then when it came out he's a millionaire wow yeah, um like I don't know who he is but I just looked up some of his stuff and it's amazing yeah on Instagram he's done like he's done some superhero shit too because he likes comics of course that's what makes you know, mm-hmm. you know as a kid that's what gives you the, the graffiti art to a certain degree you know it's mm-hmm. pop art and it's like yeah I won't put Spider-Man here yeah right and uh yeah now, did anyone else find the cage fight at the beginning to be bad it wasn't particularly great but it was to me it was about the exposition yeah but it but, but... Been, are you saying like the actual way that the the things were fighting? The um, damn, yeah. what are those? Can't remember the names of the freaking aliens. All of a sudden, yeah, that's it. Okay, good. Um, yeah, the way their axes were, the energy thing, it was, it was weird. Like, it was like they were hitting walls. Like you would just see like a wall of, and it, it was odd. I didn't like it. I mean, it, they weren't supposed to kill each other, though, right? Like, it was like a, some sort of safety guard type thing or something, right? Well, at the end, they're telling them to kill the guy. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know why you would have a safety guard if you were just going to kill him. Anyway. It's like, it's like if you went to a fight and over the top, and all of a sudden, at the end, they tell them to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this... So arm wrestling's gotten out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's arm wrestling in Fight Island. Um, I know when Chess says it was wrestling. Yeah, it was wrestling. Hey, it might have. Uh, we don't know how that w- the world works after the Battle of well, Yavin. <laughs> that information broker was that John Leguizamo? Yeah, that's good. Oh, he's he's, yeah, he's always been good, but I was just like, oh, it was cool to see him do like some character work like that. Just because I feel like I haven't seen him do something like that since uh, Spawn. <laughs> since Spawn, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, I was like, man, I think that's John Leguizamo. Well, he does stuff where it would be like, I mean, because there's no prosthetics, you know, it's John Leguizamo, but he does like, like he'll play twins like drastically different personality twins and does it mm-hmm. really well. Um, oh yeah, no, no. He he's phenomenal and has been doing some other I'm sorry, I I guess I shouldn't have said character work because right, like that would be considered character work. I guess what I'm like, you know, I haven't seen him like in a costume or anything like that in a while, but it definitely made me feel think about Spawn and I was like, man, I think that's John Michael Zombo. That's cool. 
Yeah. yeah. And then <clears throat> I forget the guy's name. It, it, it's so I, I hate that because he's so good, but he plays the brother in something about Mary, the like developmentally challenged uh, brother, and uh, he plays like a lot. Uh, well, he plays a bartender, I believe, in Deadwood, the HBO Western series. What? I, it's just that you can remember like this guy, all these like little roles. I'm well, he's like, really good. This is how yeah. good he is. I don't remember where I've seen him. I just know he's good in everything he's been. And then yeah. he, he he's in Justified with both of which have Timothy Oliphant mm-hmm. in them. So he plays opposite that guy. And so he's the bartender in The Mandalorian. So he oh. really the two dudes from Justified, which is an amazing show, and uh, Deadwood, which is another really good show. Yeah. Yeah. W. Earl Brown? Yeah, that's what it is. What's his name? W. Earl Brown. Yeah, Whirl Brown. <laughs> uh, he w. was in Scream. He's who in Scream? Kenny. Is that the crazy one? No, the the, cameraman. The cameraman. In Scream? Yeah, I believe that was the cameraman in Scream. I only saw Scream like three quarters of a time. Okay. Why? Why haven't you seen Scream all the way through? Uh, The the idea of a satire slasher movie didn't sit well with me when I was 14 or 15. So so I was uh, against it, and then Emily made me watch it. And then, um, I, I mean, yeah. I watched it. I sat down and watched it, but I say three quarters of it because I know at some point I was listening to Dark Side of the Moon in my head. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, so, okay. Um, so just, you know, I know I brought it up and didn't say what, but the, the KOTOR reference is the, the Crate Dragon. Oh, okay. and, uh, and they have the, the Pearl. The pearl is kind of what seals it, even though because I think I feel like maybe a crate dragon might be, it might be referenced in other, like parts of Star Wars lore, but like that pearl is very much like about like that's, like I remember it playing Kotor. That's how, <laughs> that, that's how, uh, like, I guess uh, not fundamental, but like how like if you played the game, it, it's one of those things like if you do that if you do that mission which because I, I don't think you have to maybe you do but it it sticks with you I, I knew the crate dragon was from the games like mm-hmm. I know you fight them in the uh, the old republic mm. yeah or where's the old republic yeah I know you fight them on Tatooine yeah there's no pearl yeah and that but- yeah, in Kotor is where the pearl is. So, yeah, man. So I, you know, I don't know, man. I I know for me, like I I really enjoyed that first episode a lot. Like I felt like it was a good start. Um, you know, I like that. Well, I won't say that I like. You know, much like how the the first season, you know, like as far as you know, the the episodes like. At least in the in, when I I remember watching the first season of Mandalorian, and it felt to me as though like okay, well these are going to be almost like little vignettes, 
And then as you get further into the season, you start realizing like there's connective tissue between some of the things that you've seen. And ultimately it, it ends up kind of, you know, like everything kind of wraps around and connects to each other. So it you, you can watch it both individually or as an individual episode and as a whole up until you get to maybe like the last couple episodes, I guess, you know? And so I felt like, okay, this is cool. Like, obviously there's some aspects of this that you're gonna, like, or we'll probably revisit later. But which one, of, which, which ones, who knows, you know? Cause it's the Mandalorian and uh, you know, it, it might be the ones that we think and it might be ones that, you know, other ones that we had no idea that was important because it's it's significance it won't be revealed until halfway through the season or something like that but it's a it's an interesting i mean a a, a well put together show i enjoyed it thoroughly um it, it's probably my favorite western <laughs> you know it's like yeah it's good stuff well it's now it stuff. is because they started using those um aspect ratios Oh, so before they use the aspect ratios, it can't be. It couldn't have been my favorite western. No, it's just your favorite Kurosawa knockoff, or your favorite, yeah, your favorite uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Right, knockoff. right. I did. I did enjoy seeing how the uh, also how it is that the like it. It's almost like the the relationship has evolved just a little bit between mm -hmm. um, the Mandalorian and the child and how you know it's like you like he he understands like they understand how each other works <laughs> you know yeah. and it's like yeah. you know they don't like they don't have to even communicate with each other really anymore at, at, at a particular point they just like okay well it's about to go down now, you know? <laughs> am I am I the only one that appreciates that the force wasn't used in this episode? I mean, you know, I don't. I know for me, it's like I wouldn't have been mad if they did. Yeah, but but it it was definitely something where I noticed that he kept the kid out of the fray. I also noticed because mm -hmm. it, it did seem like an there up against unsurmountable odds I'm regurgitating that phrase but um, it, you know it would seem like an easy cop out to use the force at some point for anything mm -hmm. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and it didn't and I think the story was better for it yeah I did think it might have happened Like I, there was a point where I thought it might happen in the beginning and it didn't and yeah it was cool like the way it went down in and of itself Tiger Clown chat says, so the, so the Mandalorian is a better space western than Firefly? I would say no. But that's my opinion. I don't know I what you yeah. think. Oh, there you go. Because I haven't seen Firefly. Oh, Jesus. Break break the tie, Jay. <laughs> I haven't seen Firefly either. Oh, God, say no. damn it. Where is Oz? I would, I would hang up on both of you. Oh, look, I, this could be a solely show, solo show, right? I could friggin' just pull a, a, a Bobby Black Wolf and just talk to myself for an hour and a half. Like, I could do well, that. When would hmm? I ever have a chance to watch Firefly? What do you, what are you, what are, what are you saying, Jay? Would you say when would I have a chance? Like, 
when you say that, are you talking about time or are you talking about means? I'm like, what what exactly do What's you mean? Like Firefly, like like it's not on Prime. I think it's on Crackle. Yeah, fuck Crackle. I don't I don't want to hear it from you, Jay, because there it's was not, opportunity to watch it. It's not on what else do I have? HBO Max. It's just not where it might end up on Disney Plus at one point because it was Fox, right? That put it out. I think so. Um, I had a chance to watch it at quarantine, and I always have the issue where they go to that dinner party episode, and I always fall asleep during the dinner party episode. And during quarantine, I fell asleep during the dinner party episode again. <laughs> so. It's on Hulu. He doesn't have Hulu. We're gonna have that until the twentieth. Okay, well when the twentieth comes, you should watch Firefly. After Monsterland. What is Mo- what is Monsterland? Nobody oh, knows what that is. No, I know what it is. That shit's amazing. Mo's the only one that knows what that is. This is what an is- anthology show on Hulu about monsters. Like I got into it because I thought it was based on the movie Monsterland. But it's not. It's its own thing. But I'm still interested. Yeah, it's pretty good. It, I, I enjoy it a lot, but it's more about the characters than the horror. So it, it's actually more like gothic horror, but it's modern, and uh, I enjoy it. Yeah, like I want to see that after Animaniacs, of course. Mm-hmm. This this is why Jay hasn't seen Firefly. And the mess up part is Jay would like Firefly. Like Jay would become a fan and you know be one of those people that would be like, Oh, you ever seen Firefly? And it's like, hey man, you don't ever say you didn't see Firefly to anybody. <laughs> you don't ever say that. <laughs> I mean, it's weird. It came out at a time where I just was not watching TV. No, no, nobody nobody's faulting you for not watching Firefly when it came out, because like literally there's like like thirty-six people that did that. And you know, they look we we give them a medal every time we see them, but it got, it, it got canceled before the whole season aired, like literally. So there's no, nobody's going to knock you for not having seen Firefly when it came on television. But you know, like not only, not only do you know in general, but I've told you personally, Firefly is something you should see and that it's good and you would like it and you just, you know, I don't know. It's I was when I have time <laughs> Oz and I are uh, are gonna do Firefly on the first season of Two Dicks on Two Dick <laughs> Two Dicks on Two Dick <laughs> why are you laughing it's just it's just weird it's it's a funny title but that's that's like, weird. are you guys actually going through with that yeah we're gonna do it eventually Okay. I mean, I I haven't talked to Oz about it at all, but I assume we're gonna do it. I mean, there it is. At the beginning okay. of every episode, they touch tips. Definitely. Well, that's the, that's the animated intro. <laughs> it's two two dickheads that look like two dick kissing each other. Why do they look like two? Because it's two dick on two dick. Oh, so weird. <laughs> he made it really weird. <laughs> uh, like, don't test me, Larry. You bring it up, I'll step it up a notch. 
Like, yeah, man. I feel you like that's more than, that was more than more than a notch. My favorite thing in life is to make you laugh and cringe at the same time. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um. So I mean, obviously, we got more Mandalorian to come. We got, I mean, the the end of the joint definitely, you know, leaves us uh some a, a lot to anticipate and then uh of course there's a lot that was happening or that happened at the end of the last season too so which we didn't even touch on uh in this first episode which so it's like who knows where we're gonna go like I, what i can say is i i do agree with moses the episodes are too short all every episode in this season is too short and they're not enough of them i agree <laughs> I can say that preemptively. But I'd rather have it like this than have it be yeah. having having to wait two years for a full length and still not get enough story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or or worse, like it be more and it feel like bloated or, you know, poor quality, you know. Or Disney decide they hate John Favreau and take, you know, the four hundred page script down to ninety. Mm-hmm. You know, how they did JJ Abrams. Is that what they did to J.J. Abrams? Where? Yeah, we talked about it on the show on the on the the Rise of Skywalker. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Disney All got right. mad that he sold that robot to Warner Brothers, and they butchered them that script. And that's why it's like that. That yeah, that's why there's feels like there's things missing. They even cut down the movie too. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know. It's like okay, I look. I I don't feel I don't. I feel like they. I'm sure they did exactly what you said they did. I don't know if that's why the movie's not good though. Well, no, I, it, that's not why it's not good. But it would have been a. Be, it would have made a lot more sense for that movie to be that way, or be what it was, <laughs> if we actually, you know, for Lando to look at that slave girl like, hey, girl. <laughs> It would have been worse because it's his daughter in the original mm-hmm. script, but you know, yeah. at least there would be like a connection. Like everybody's like, "Oh, just Lando's a, a pimp," but it's like, no, that's they have a connection. That's his daughter, and he's a pimp. Yeah, hey, he could run for president with that rhetoric. <laughs> All right, All right, All right, cool. So, uh. Are we just we're we're not rating Mandalorian, right? We're just gonna keep it moving. I'm giving the first episode five neck faces out of five. Five neck faces. Yeah. Dude, that thing was so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know which neck face you're talking about, but Well, I, you know, it, it actually fits this episode. It might be the title of this episode, neckface.com. Uh because David Cho has a neck face. But then the movie we're going to talk about right now, Tomie has a neck face too. Yeah, okay. Creepy, grotesque. Hold on, Jay, we got to play the scary review theme. Wait, what, Jay, what are you going to give Mandalorian oh. then? Oh, just a three. Got it. Four. Got it. I'll give it a four. I liked it a lot. Ready for more. All right, go ahead, Moses. Thank you. 
we have a version of that with something like with some words in it? I thought we did. <laughs> Not for a horror movie. Oh, that's just the instrumental. Got yeah. it. Oh, okay. no, for, for that for scary comic reviews, we have it. Oh, you should have just you should have just went with that. It's okay. That's that one. <laughs> scary review scary yeah but we're not talking about scary comics we're talking about scary movies you should just you should just pause it and they be like movie <laughs> look it's already like that you want me to do that too i'll do that too <laughs> it's okay it's no okay. i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it uh, movie. it would be so rare that we talked about scary shit so yeah, didn't true. like have anything now i'm all of a sudden i'm scrambling and i don't want to go on no, fire you don't have to scramble. We'll we'll have it for next for next Halloween season. I already spent too much money on Fiverr. But we have right. a comic book theater theme. Theater. But we talk about comic book movies all the time. Yeah, but Tomie is a comic book movie. Yeah, technically, and it's scary and comic book. So I guess that Do you say Tomie? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Didn't you watch the movie? Comic book theater. Comic book theater. <laughs> Okay, I know what I'm gonna do. Theater. I'm gonna, Theater. I'm gonna do a mashup. So next week we gotta think of a scary comic book movie that we can review so that I I'm gonna do a mashup of those two. And yeah. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be unlike anything you've ever seen. <laughs> okay, so Um I forget the exact context in which we decided to review Tomie. Um, I know this came up because of the color of space. We were talking mm-hmm. about uh, how their characters weren't really well developed and how it works in a short story, but it may not work in a movie. And so we decided to see another short story turned into a movie, uh, Tomie which is a series of Junji Ito comics based around a character who inspires men to love her until they kill her. And uh, it's been a pretty successful film franchise in Japan. It's like uh, eight of them, right? Nine. Nine, which Jesus. Really? What? And we watched the ninth one, Tomie Unlimited. Which came out in 2011. Wait, is that what we watched? Yes. I'm not sure I watched that. Is that what I watched? I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it and then see. The one on Prime? I watched the one on Prime. Yeah, that's Tomie Unlimited. Oh, it doesn't say Unlimited in the title, though, right? I, I mean, you told it does. Larry, you promoted the show all week. With a picture of the poster that says Tomie Unlimited on it. Like you posted that picture on every social media platform all week. But I never said a Tomie Unlimited in any of the descriptions. That look Yeah. yeah you're not paying attention to the picture. Yeah, the title on Amazon just says Tomie. Oh. The artwork, it's a Tomie Unlimited. And you can't go by Amazon because that's my first. That's the first. Uh, the first uh, knockoff of of this this review. This knockoff point because Prime says it's in English. Oh, does it? Yeah. 
Is there like a dub? Uh, I don't know if there's a dub, but there's not one on Amazon. Mm. Got you. So, Tomie Unlimited starts out with a schoolgirl and her sister Tomie kind of hanging out, talking to boys. And then Tomie gets impaled by a like a girl, like a the girder, yeah, like a, um, by a girder, and she dies <laughs> as, uh, as but, someone impelled by a girder tends to do, right? But then she comes back and starts freaking out her sister as she's driving everyone to love her and to kill her, and in this one, her body parts are kind of getting all over the place and they're forming different Tomies. And so you've got this collection of Tomies that are trying to drive people to love them to the point where they kill her. And she actually does have this weird obsession with her sister where she's trying to um, she's trying to like just Possess fuck her, right? with her. Yeah. But like she's trying to what? Fuck with her. <laughs> okay, that's not what you said, Bob. <laughs> no, I think I thought possessor. Like oh. try to be one with her. Mm -hmm. So she could but I, I've never seen any of the other Tomies, so I don't know. Right. I'm uh this is also my first Tomie movie. Like I thought, I, I did mention last week that I've never seen them, but I was just taking the opportunity uh, with the, our reflections of The Color of Space to kind of watch this other movie based on a short story. And so, yeah, like this is Tomie just fucking with this girl, her <laughs> sister, and... Uh, Making everyone love her to the killer. Now, now I have so many questions. Uh, right. For first of which being, why, Joe? Why? <laughs> why is she making everyone love her till they no, kill her? Why? Why did I have to watch it? Why did <laughs> I have to watch it? Why me? You know, you were the one that, you were the one that said uh, that. I forget exactly what you said, but it was in relation to the character development mm -hmm. uh, uh, being translated from a short story to a movie. Mm -hmm. And so you had to watch this to see if your opinion of the character development from a short story to a movie was the same in The Color of Space as it is in Tomie. Got it. Got it. I will take that as a valid answer as to why I had to watch it. Right. Now, my my next question is is there something that you saw in this movie that let you know that Tomie had to or wanted to make men fall in love with her until they killed her or is that what you got? 
because of the short stories that you have read previously. Yes, I got that from the short stories. Okay, because um, because there's nothing, huh? Yeah, it might not be. I mean, it is the ninth movie, though. I guess they figure that there were, <laughs> you know, the people <laughs> got it at that point. They're like, you don't need to know that he got bit by a radioactive yeah. spider. It's right. Spider-Man, goddamn. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting that you um you bring up that origin of Spider-Man for one, Larry, but that they don't um say that because it it is the ninth movie, but it's also the origin, which in none of the stories I've ever read of Tomie, like I, I I it got to a point where I thought she just didn't have an origin. Like you don't know how she came to be. She just pops Wait, but, up from people's lives. But is this really an origin? Origin. Tomie Origins is the origin. I haven't read that. No, that's the movie. Oh, uh, again. Origin. But this one shows how she gets killed and shit, right? Yeah, but it doesn't tell you anything about why she does she's doing what she's no, doing. But, hold on. But in the comics that I've read there's been no origin. She's like yeah. Loki. I would say this movie doesn't have an origin either. Okay. Um, like if you think of the impalement as her origin, it's like, no, that's just her getting killed. Right. She existed before this movie. She'll exist after this movie. Um, this is just a Tomie getting killed and doing her what? back to okay. life thing. Okay, because all right, I guess if you're gonna make that that excuse for it, because the whole conversation of her, what's in your mind, and we taking the picture, and then she dies in that moment, and then the camera keeps taking pictures, uh, stylistically, artistically, maybe because I'm just stupid American and not Japanese. Uh, to me, that real that cements that that guilt of jealousy and lust for someone you love all those things combined into creating some type of vengeful spirit I mean I, I understand exactly what you're saying Moses like in an American movie that moment would have had some sort of greater significance but in this movie I don't think it does I which is, I, which I, is I, weird I think I think it's implied because it's the ninth movie. Like, but I guess if it even if it's implied, it's like let's say it's implied, it, they don't ever go back to it. Well, the whole everything she does, she's essentially getting revenge on her sister for having those negative feelings of her that led her to her death. If she hadn't been talking about, oh, I think you're jealous of me or or things like that, she wouldn't have been she wouldn't have been impaled. Well, listen, if she had just did a tuck and roll, she would have been impaled. They both looked at the joint, fallen on her. Like, I know they kind of try to play it like it's slow motion, but it really wasn't slow motion. It's well, like... Everything in this movie was slow motion that wasn't slow motion. <laughs> like, okay, like they, they, they actually said, we're going to do slow motion here, and then the actress just runs in slow motion. I was like, no, no, no. We're going to add, we're going to shoot this in slow motion. You don't need to run in slow motion, you know? I just like... I, I yeah yeah Ugh. I will say that does happen sometimes where uh just our American sensibilities don't translate to when we're watching a foreign film like we 
will sometimes put emphasis or right. put extra yeah. on something that doesn't actually have that meaning. Right. That's why I need an English dub version. <laughs> <laughs> when you the, in the English dub version, the scene is different. Yeah, the conversation. <laughs> the conversation will be different. You know, like the conversation will have more context than the actual written because when they do the actual written, it's the Japanese company doing Google Translate. You know what I mean? <laughs> Instead of actually having a director that knows both languages or something and an actor tell telling an actor what to do, what what how to say it with tonality. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know I know exactly what you mean. I you know, I and so this is again like one of these things where I'm just like I like and actually you know what I don't know what I want to say next I know what you want to say let, let me let yeah you all talk I know what you want to say Joe's thing about the short story translating to movie doesn't work for what you were saying about color out of space and uh, so much so that this movie is actually like four different um, Tomie comics that <laughs> that just overlap e over each other, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's no real character. Like the characters do weird things, like the dad eating her hair and shit. Like that works in a Jinji Ito short story, but in a long form movie, like how did I go back to my dad's house when I just saw him trying to eat my sister's hair? Like <laughs> yeah. Oh look. Before even before all that, like, what is the rule for the how you're supposed to react when like? Here's the thing. I, okay, here's what I'll say. If a member of my family disappeared, and yeah. I, you know, and that they hadn't shown back up, and we were like, man, you know what? They've been gone so long. They're probably just dead, and we feel like. Okay, they're dead. Maybe we have a funeral or some sort of service because we're like we're just assuming they're dead because you know, and you know that's how we we're moving on. And then they show up at the door and we're like, "Whoa, we thought you were dead." That's one thing. If your family member dies in front of you and you have like a funeral and everybody knows like hey you know like I mean we like they died like this was a thing that had happened <laughs> you know we documented it <laughs> it's like shouldn't there be some sort of rule or whatnot? like when that person shows up at the door you're like no no we, we're not just we're not all gonna mess around and just treat you like oh we're just so glad to see you we thought you were dead it's like well no we didn't think you were dead we know you were dead. Like, we saw you die. Well, the sister was always kind of on the tip that she was a monster. Right. And she came back. But the parents weren't trying to hear that at all, and the sister didn't push the issue. I, I can explain the parents. Okay. Um, and it basically goes to the nature of Tomie, like herself. She is, like... I don't think succubus is the right word, but it's not no, far that, off. Like, it, it, it's like... Head. And the whole thing, like, her being around you, it just 
it makes you love her, and it make it makes you throw out all reason. Okay, like, they know that she died, but her the nature of her makes them like ignore it, mm-hmm. and it makes them love her, and it makes them uh, want her and keep her and possess her. Um, Until one they th- kill her. Uh, which is the fate of Tomie. Tomie's fate is to be killed by the people that love her. And she's kind of into it, but like, really what she's into is the love and adoration. Like, she craves that. Like, that's what she gets out of the deal. And she knows that they're going to kill her because that's mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. She feeds off that energy of the lust, the jealousy, possessiveness, that negative, those negative side, that other side of that coin of love, you know, and that, like he said, that's her fate. She's destined to die because that's part of her punishment. You don't know why. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. I thought it was because she's trying to take the guy that her sister liked in this movie, but apparently that's not an origin. So, but the but the guy the guy wasn't trying to get with the sister. It's not about that. She knows her sister likes him. She, oh, go ahead. She basically, and that is the thing. It's weird because I am coming into this movie with knowledge of Tomie, and like listening to you from the question you're asking, like. And the fact that it is the ninth movie, like I could see how coming into this, you kind of would just be lost. Like this is the ninth movie, and I know nothing about this. Like it was interesting. I was thinking back to when I reviewed Death, uh, the animated joint versus the comic, and I could mm-hmm. I had no really frame of reference because the animated joint is. I guess what a typical story is like, but the joint I read was like a completely different scenario mm-hmm. to what it normally does. And so I couldn't like, I could only judge them on their own. I couldn't have a comp, like, yeah, like I couldn't contrast it. Contrast. Mm-hmm. But with this, because I do have knowledge of Tomie and how she works and what happens, uh, I can digest everything that's happening, mm-hmm. but I can imagine if you don't that it's like this is just batshit crazy. Like that's exactly how I felt. And I remember <laughs> where the dad is like licking the hair, and I, I, I was thinking to myself, was like, I know exactly what this is about, but I don't think Lawrence will. Like I don't mm-hmm. think. The guys will because Mm-mm. you don't yeah. know that she makes you obsess over her. Like that's the nature of her. She makes you obsess over her and do yeah. just weird shit and like that's just kind of how she is. So I actually got to have a conversation with Larry before he saw Tomie and before I saw it too. And I mentioned a kabuki story that is similar to Tomie in a sense and not as grotesque and, and things like that and how uh, Tomie is becoming a Japanese tattoo theme in the same way that the Hanya mask is 
similar. And I'm like, I want the Tomie to be that because it's it's a modern thing. It's like a modern legend. A thousand years from now, they'll be telling stories of Tomie, from what I know. And uh, that's that's kind of what I told Larry. It's like that that just raw negative emotion that comes with love is what Tomie brings up upon and that causes that weird infatuation and obsession to the point of just crazy jealousy and uh, you know watching it with Emily like she had no idea what's going on she never heard me talk about Tomie at all I, I probably have but just in passing nothing like oh I read this this is awesome you know I saved those conversations for you guys but <laughs> um but she's like, uh, this is weird. Joe picked this, right? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I go, no, but I actually, I, I'm enjoying this. This is like, I read the, the comics every chance I get. And, um, and, and so I was explaining, like, the same thing with the dad licking. Like, that was one of the things, like, what the fuck's he doing? I'm like, well, it's, right. it, it's a, a weird expression of that dirty love. <laughs> yeah. It's like eating ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it's like? Well, I don't know. I never licked anybody's hair, but <laughs> hilarious. But um, but yeah, it's a, it's just it's just that weird expression of that he's so obsessed with her emotionally, and that he can't doesn't control anything, and he has to lick her hair while she eats foie gras and caviar. Dude, I thought that was hilarious too. Where. Uh, you know where she was demanding caviar and foie gras, and I was just like, "Wow, like that's all very expensive stuff." And I'm like, you know, the family looks like they do decent for themselves, but not so yeah. much that like they definitely don't have caviar and foie gras like on hand. I know that, but Japan <laughs> might not have it. Tomie has expensive tastes. Mm. Well, that's another expression of that addiction she creates in people is that the, that they're willing to lose their their addiction is defined by the inability to change things despite consequences so um losing money is one of the consequences that they, they when you're in recovery that you got to look at <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. did, did it cost you money did it cost you health did it cost you wealth did it cost you love you know mm-hmm. so um yeah so that that's her saying the foie gras was a little not too subtle to me but you know that's the only thing as an American I can understand <laughs> from Tommy and the people have here's another question I had where I was just like kind of blown away by this and I'm just like I, you know I, I feel like I watch enough like anime and, and Japanese movies that this probably should have come up before this moment but apparently it hadn't uh do the Japanese people not have a birthday song? Like they were singing yeah. like American Happy Birthday. Yeah, that's what that's, they do. Yeah. They sing the American Happy Birthday song? Mm-hmm. Why? Dude, they're oh wait, I was about to say something incredibly racist. Okay, thank you. Um... Thank you for <laughs> holding that in. I appreciate that, Jay. Thank look. Thank ching God. ching. the Japanese are heavily influenced by American culture that I do know both of you know our occupation of their country like they've 
taken to a lot of our values or what they think are our values and just one of the things that happened to carry over is the happy birthday song really mm-hmm okay yeah. like i like i was blown away because i'm like man they are like out here singing happy birthday and i'm just like like i'm like the japanese people i'm sure celebrate like birthdays before they met american people like they don't have a happy birthday song why are they singing that song like because i mean and don't get me wrong i'm not and they huh? might have some people that do have use the japanese song but the majority use the uh, english american and i'm just saying like like that's not even the best happy birthday song so i'm just like what is it like even if they're like okay we want to use the american one why are we using that one i don't like why don't they use 50 cent one or, uh, or stevie wonder or the beatles beatles you don't like first off you don't like when the japanese sing rap songs what why do what makes you feel that you hate it when any person that's not black says nigga you don't have to say you don't have to say the n-word what's that have to do with happy birthday they do though they they don't you don't have to it turns out there are options. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, listen, listen, I don't think that has anything to do with me. Like, me not wanting people to say the N-word has nothing to do with whether they can sing happy birthday songs or not. Were okay? you hating Japanese people rapping? <laughs> no, right, exactly, right. Like, I was like, what is Joe talking about? I have no problem what? with Japanese people rapping in general. Okay. That might be the title of this episode. You don't yeah. have to use well, the end. They're going to do a cover. They're not. They don't have the same hangups. So when they do the cover, they say "nigga" because yes. they care. Like, like Charlie Sheen. Wait, wait, wait! Listen, I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to go ahead and just like denounce that entire section right there. Yeah, because I'm sorry, that, I'm sorry Charlie's. I'll be <laughs> liable. I got the wrong actress wrong. Oh. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't know what we're talking about there. But I make saying... this outro. <laughs> anyway, though, um, enough of the bullshit. What we actually came here for the review for, Lawrence, was it scary? Was the blood and gore too much? Tell me how disturbed this film made you. It was disturbing, definitely, in some portions. Not as much for the blood and gore, because I, I honestly don't feel like the blood and gore effects were done in... Uh, uh, they were a little a little campy. A little bit. Not a lot of it. A little bit. But I was definitely disturbed in some portions where I was just like, ugh. Like, it's creepy as hell. I'll tell you, from the beginning... Um... Uh, from the beginning where they're like oh like yo that's your sister over there and it's like yeah you know it's like she's like oh you know they're talking about picture perfect things and what about picture perfect people and like, oh yeah like what about your sister she's beautiful da, da. and the sister turns around and I'm like oh Jesus Christ like that chick <laughs> is terrifying <laughs> and this is supposed to be her at her beautiful moment but I'm just like, oh my god! Like I'm like, I don't like. She's she's 
probably the most terrifying Japanese woman I've ever seen. So I don't know. Like that, it messed me up from there. I was just like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. And I was actually very, um, very like, I don't know, what's the right word? I, let me put it like this her turning around and looking the way she looked took my anxiety level like to here. And then she got impaled and I was just like, oh, okay. Like it went down to here a little bit because I was just like, she's dead. Like, well, not that it, it, the way she got impaled, like the way the blood dripped, I was like, that doesn't look like blood. And I'm not mad at it, but I'm just, I was a little surprised. And then I saw like the actual impalement thing. And I was kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like I was kind of like here. And then her eye moved because she was looking at the camera and then went back here. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, because I don't like when, the, you know, the, the, her eyes are terrifying. Her eye, because I guess technically it's only, you only see one at a time usually when it's like really messed up. When you see both of them, it's not as crazy as when you see the one eye. And she's just like, you know, her eyeball just like, <laughs> like that messes me up. And um, it's interesting because it's something that I'm used scarier in real life, for me at least. But overall, I do feel like this would have been better as an anime. Like I feel like the visuals of it would have been like probably a little bit more well, I don't know if it's more disturbing, but it, they definitely would have been like been pulled off in a different way. Like I, it it was trying to be in like in my mind, it was like it was trying to do the things that you would see in an anime or in a manga, and not necessarily pulling it off all the way. And uh, yeah, it's it's weird though, man. Like and I, you know, a lot of just strange things. Like the lunch was not fun for me. I knew what was happening, but I was like, I knew what was going to happen, but still when it actually did happen, I was like, oh, like even even the fact that the effects were kind of wonky, I was still like, this is not fun to watch. Like, I don't want to see this. And I saw it like more than once and I was like, it's too much. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. Like, you know, it's a it's a weird thing all around though. Like, I just like, it's a very strange thing. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that, but yeah. How about the body horror shit? Like, yeah, when... like the 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 mouth on the shoulders and stuff. Well, yeah, like... more importantly, the caterpillars and the yeah the, the heads, like the shrunken heads as extremities on a hair frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I none of that I liked. I didn't like any of that. But I will say that the hair caterpillar. It, it varies in regards to like how good yeah. it was. Like there was some points where it was like, oh, that looks terrifying. And there are other points where it's like, okay, like obviously something happened with the budget. You know? And when it looks good, it's like, yeah, it's pretty terrifying because like this, it's a hair caterpillar, which is like it's hair and face and that's it. And the face we already talked about though the face which no cg by itself is terrifying so you know 
let alone you put it on a caterpillar thing. And so I don't know. It's it's like they're like if you could mess around and put like a Hollywood budget to this kind of thing, I don't even know if I could have watched it. Because, you know, but it's just a lot of weird little things that just happen in throughout the course of the movie. Like like the the whole hair licking eating thing was a weird thing. And that's then not, Huh? That's not that weird. I, I mean, okay, okay. Barbara, you eat 300 hairs a day. I mean, accidentally, not on purpose. Yeah. Oh, not on purpose. Right. Um, sometimes when I heat up my lunch, I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I was like, dude, home chick, they, they have the smallest bathtub in the history of bathtubs, which I just chalked up to the idea of like, okay, well, hey, you know. It's Japan? It's Japan, right. But still, the two of them got in that joint, and I was just like, how small are these little girls? Like, you know, like these fools are like in little cubes <laughs> next to each other in the bathtub. Godzilla's only six seven. You are dumb. <laughs> you are so dumb for that. <laughs> so yeah, man, I, it's a it's a wild, wild movie. And uh, yeah, let me go to chat real quick. Um, Black Compact says the only acceptable Happy Birthday song song is Stevie Wonder's version. There it is. Look, it turns out no N words in that version either, Japan. So feel free. Big man CJS says at Fantastic Forum, did Mayor get reminded of the little girl in the bar? I don't know what that means. He probably hung out with you while you were drinking and saw a little girl at a bar. The little girl at the bar. Oh, wait a minute. I actually might know. No, no, that was a little boy. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> Continue. Okay. Um, are we gonna rate this now or? Yeah, now yeah. time. Okay, I'm gonna give it five tickle me elmos out of five. Why tickle me elmos? Because that's what the neck face sounded like when it was chasing. It did. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Yeah, and it's like I at that point I'm like I really need the English dub version. Like they would have had a better laugh. Jeez. What would you rate it, Jay? I would give it a three. Like overall, I, I did enjoy it. Um, but you can see, like, how it's the ninth movie syndrome, where they're not really explaining what's going on. They're expecting you to know what's happening already. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I get it. Like, I, you're on your ninth one. People should know this already. Mm-hmm. At the same time, for newcomers like yourself, it's like yeah. I can see how that would be a little disorienting. Yeah, yeah. They totally could have just put something in, like you know, you could put it in the credits if you want, or a little like you know, you put a little uh, paragraph at the front. A scroll. I mean, yeah, you could do a scroll too. I'll, uh, any of that can work. So, yeah, I, for me, I don't know, man. I guess, I guess, I give it like a three because. Some parts of it I get, and I understand what's happening. Um, like, you know, I don't, I don't think it was a terrible film. It's just that there's a lot that happens that made me ask a lot of questions, and so you know. But, yeah, yeah. Well, how how did you feel about the character development 
of I guess the sister is the only one that yeah really focus on like how did you feel her color character development went as compared to the characters in the color of space it it's more but it's still not enough like because I at the end of the day it's like I get that they're kind of saying that she felt as though or she might feel as though her life would be better if the sister didn't get all the love that she did or all the attention um, but you know it's one of those things where I'm not 100% certain that she felt that way you know she might have but okay. they don't they don't tell us and or they don't they don't show us that that was 100% the case you know it could have just been you know the thought or I don't know but either way it's not like she killed her sister <laughs> you know it's like it's like a girder fell I don't know that she made that happen so, right. yeah, so I don't know. A big man CGS in chat says, have you already reviewed Hellstrom? And we did talk about that last week. Yeah, actually on YouTube, if you subscribe, hit the bell, everything, you're going to have my little rant because um, I recorded that separately. So that should be coming in. I forgot to upload it over the weekend. It was a busy weekend. Wow. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, we do have a caller. Caller, you are the fourth oh. member of Fantastic Forum. Tell people who you are, where you're calling from, and what you want to talk about. Hey, everybody. This is Normie um, from Cast, And I'm actually in my room, in my bed. I had fallen asleep, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, crap, what am I missing tonight? Normie. And my eyes flew open I'm like oh we were so I was supposed to talk about the Mandalorian tonight I can't <laughs> believe I can't believe I forgot like I was doing uh, my homework literally I fell asleep and I woke up like in sit-up motion so guys <laughs> I totally totally apologize that nothing, I'm totally nothing, late about this nothing to apologize for normie we would love to hear your opinion of the mandalorian as well thanks for calling in it's good to, it's good to hear your voice why thank you very much it's kind of fun to hang out with you guys you guys are funny i come oh, into this butt licking thing i'm like ew <laughs> what the heck are they talking about hey man listen <laughs> i wish i could tell you it was the first time that moses had brought up butt licking but i think i'd be lying to you <laughs> I'm be lying to you. It's you're a just, you're, you're right. You're lucky Oz wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So, so, so Nori, what do you think? What do you think of Mandalorian? Talk to us. Okay, so the first season was stellar, right? I was just like giddy as can be because I just love Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So I have very high hopes for the second season. You know, just. It, the first season was done so well that I think um, they have set a bar pretty high. Mm -hmm. So I was very excited for last Friday to see the episode. And um, I, I didn't get to see it till later in the evening. So everyone's like, oh, it's so amazing. It's really great. <laughs> but I was, when I sat down to watch it, I'm like, ah. Like, I didn't love it. I absolutely did not love it. I didn't hate it. It had some mm -hmm. really good moments, especially if you're into the Star Wars lore, you know, where you saw the Sand People, you know, you got to see um, Boba Fett's gear and mm -hmm. um, those 
beautiful little moments were great. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they redid, they already did this story, right? In season mm-hmm. one. So it wasn't amazing. I wasn't wowed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still, I still enjoy the series. And I guess it kind of, I don't know if you have touched on this or even heard about this, but supposedly, um, right as they were finishing, um, wrapping up season two, Pedro Pascal, who plays the voice of the Mandalorian, had mm-hmm. supposedly made a really big stink about his face not being shown, and mm-hmm. he was kind of thrown off the set mm-hmm. pretty much for that. So it almost, knowing that, kind of almost took away a little bit of that um, first episode of season two as well. Now, so, now has that been confirmed? Yeah. I don't know if it's been confirmed, but it was really all over the place. So I yeah, don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. Truth okay, there is to that. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I mean, Pedro Pascal is, is my eye candy. So for this to happen <laughs> was like really heartbreaking. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yeah. Star Wars lore. I love it. <gasps> Pedro mm-hmm. Pascal is in this even better. And mm-hmm. now this. So that was a little heartbreaking. Um, I don't know. I mean, what did you guys feel? Um, are you know big Star Wars fans? Did you love the first season? I mean, sorry, the first episode of the second season. What was the overall consensus? With well, you I, I actually felt uh, similar to you. Like, I liked it, but I just was a little bit underwhelmed. Like for a season premiere. Right. I can see the underwhelming uh, feeling from it because of how the final episode of the Mandalorian season one played out right. and then even seeing the the recap and then going into this episode but honestly like as a spaghetti western fan myself like this is what I've been waiting to see like this shot in this wide spectrum the the, the story like it, it, it's a good it's a like if you look at the Mandalorian as just a series of short uh Star Wars fan films that connect eventually you can have any kind of episode in between as long as they eventually all connect I compare it to like watching Supernatural eventually they'll get back to killing monsters but then there's a bigger story too and so some of those if the balance is off those seasons end up being not as good as the other ones but um, yeah, I can I can see the the underwhelming feeling here, but I didn't have that at all. Well, that's good. Um, you know, I do like the little stories. I do like the little the little crumbs they give us, right? The little pieces mm-hmm. of of um, the Star Wars world, and I like how they do a lot of throwbacks. You know, they're all over the place with it, so yeah. that feels good. That feels good. Um, I just think they need to give us. You know, these little stories, to me, have to have a little extra special ingredient, especially after giving us, like, uh, such an iconic uh, character. Like, you know, I call him the yodeling, even though he is just the (laughs) child, you know? Mm -hmm. So you give us that, and then, I don't know, like, the actor who is using the the Boba Fett um, outfit, um, I don't know, you know, um, whatever you want to call it, I don't know his name, but I think he's a fantabulous actor. You know, I love him in Santa Clarita's Diet. Santa Clarita's Diet. So it was that was a great little moment right there. You know, mm-hmm. to see that, my God, like, oh, and his character was there's something noble about his character that I liked. 
you know, he's just a regular Joe Schmo, but here he has like his almost like his Tony Stark um um suit on and he is like the bad boy protecting everybody. So there's something um sweet and um endearing about that. I just think I need a little more oomph into the episode. And by the way, speaking uh, on Supernatural, my friend Ed Sanchez actually directed several of the last episodes of Supernatural. Oh, wow. That's so yeah. cool. Well, yeah, if, I, I, I know, if you like oh, to wait, see Oliphant being that type of Western character like that, you, you got to watch Justified, because that's what that is. Like, the, the, there's no it's not coincidence they picked him to play that character here um okay. that yeah you got to check that out justified yeah okay i did also read that the character that he plays in in the mandalorian actually is a character that has come up uh that that has existed in in a star wars novel before now too so oh. it's interesting because it's like it like I mean obviously they're expanding on the character more because it was just like a small a small piece, but it was just interesting the idea that they're like, oh well, you know, you could take a character that has already been on Tatooine and you know make him more. So yeah, that's interesting. I, I know personally I, I enjoyed it thoroughly as well. And uh, you know, while uh you know, I, I guess more than anything, I just, you know, just anticipating more Mandalorian each week, you know, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. And I know for me, like being a big uh, Knights, Knights of the, or a ba basically a big Old Republic fan, like the Old Republic era is actually mm -hmm. my favorite era of Star Wars. And, you know, like for them to kind of like throw back and, and give us some Easter eggs from KOTOR, it's like, come on, man, like. Yeah, that's that's definitely an easy way for me to be like this is something good <laughs> right it's just it, it is those little elements right that, yeah. that just really make um, this great and I really like how they gave us a little bit of a time frame you know we learned that um, you know the rebels pretty much just beat the empire right so mm -hmm. we have an idea as to where we are in the future and it you know, mm -hmm. at the beginning of the first season, it almost made it feel like we were pretty far into the future, but we are not. You yeah. know, it it's it's just almost like it just happened like a couple weeks ago. The whole, mm -hmm. um, you know, the empire coming all the way down. So that gave it a little more uh, a good feel. And um, yeah. I'm I'm assuming you know we are speaking spoilers in this specific um, yeah, yeah, moment. You can go ahead. Um, so. You know, it's interesting because when we saw Boba Fett's, um, oh my gosh, I'm telling you, I'm exhausted. I just woke up. <laughs> it's it's okay, Normie. Take, his, take um, your time, Normie. Take your time. His suit, his super suit, right? His um, armor. You no, know, his armor. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, that's Boba Fett. And my son's like, is it Boba Fett? And I said, no, but I bet you anything you're going to see Boba Fett at the end of this season or mm -hmm. this episode. So at the very end, you know, obviously we can only assume that the man standing mm -hmm. there is Boba Fett. Even if you hadn't seen his face beforehand, you know what I mean? Because right, we know. Right. Um, right. So anybody coming into this says, oh, I bet you that guy's the owner of that suit. You know, if it's somebody mm -hmm. who's not in this world, right? right? So that was that was really neat. I 
um, I guess I touched a little bit on the fan people, but I thought that was cool that, you know, we all we could think of is Anakin just going crazy taking down these sand people because they took his mom and you know mm -hmm. pretty much destroyed her and killed her you know and then here they are now you know the enemy of my enemy is going to be my friend we're going to mm -hmm. figure out a way to work together to take mm -hmm. down this bigger enemy so I really enjoyed seeing that yeah um it, and it's just it is those little elements right it is those mm -hmm. little tiny tidbits for someone who who just enjoys this whole world to see that it's like yeah. oh, I know that it's almost like when you first saw episode one right and you're like oh, this is Anakin this is the future Darth Vader you know it's it kind of gives you that that feeling of like excitement and nostalgia when we're watching these episodes <laughs> right I mean I don't know about you all but when I watched episode one two and three they're not my favorites but I almost felt extra connected to to Anakin in a whole nother level because I knew what his future entailed right it, or it's... meeting Queen Amidala you know I knew yeah. her future it it just gave it felt like you were inside that window just watching everything because you, know, so, you know what happens it's so funny because because i remember distinctly coming out of episode one and i remember how disappointed i was where i was just like uh like and, you know and don't get me wrong it's like there's some very cool aspects and 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 mm -hmm. um elements of episode one you know that i would not like because like from from uh uh the the standpoint of like lightsaber dueling, it's like okay, we had never seen anything right. on that level before, and so that by itself gives you something to come away with. But I was just like, man, like that was not a great movie. And I remember episode <laughs> one, and I was like, that was not a great movie, man, and I was very disappointed. But I honestly though, the funny thing is though, um. They got progressively better, in my opinion, as far as the okay. prequels. Like episode three, I think is highly underrated, and I know a lot of people talk mess about it, but I feel like episode three is like a great, great Star Wars flick, and I, I, I feel like people like are definitely. I, I think all of us have re-examined the the merits <laughs> of the prequels. Since since we've gotten this latest trilogy of Star Wars movies, but you know, I think I yeah, I, I think that it's one of those things like even before then though, I felt like episode three deserved a lot more credit than it than than it got. You know, they have grown over me over the years. Um I think I find them endearing now. Uh, you know, when mm -hmm. I first, I mean, my first movie ever in the movie theater was Return of the Jedi, right? So, and oh, wow. I had older, I had older brothers uh, who were teenagers. So I had, you know, I, I had a background on Star Wars because of my older brothers. So to go to the movies for the very first time and see Return of the Jedi mm -hmm. was just like really cool because now I felt part of like this bigger world right because I was always the little baby obnoxious little sister and here I had something <laughs> big to talk to about my with my brothers yeah. so seeing episode one two and three I'm like uh okay <laughs> yeah. you know I think it needed more direction but over the years I've seen those movies countless of times and yeah. now it almost feels like we 
I would be almost lonely without having those first three movies in existence. Yeah. You know, it, it's weird know because it, it, grows, it grows on you. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know, it did get a lot of slack, but I feel like more tied to Obi-Wan, right? I, I have a bigger mm-hmm. appreciation from Darth, for Darth Vader for watching him grow up as a little kid to mm-hmm. where he came to be. So, and I, and I think that's what George Lucas had, was aiming for people um, yeah. to feel about those characters. Oh, it just took a while to get there. Mm-hmm. So real quick in chat, uh, Pinball Wiz says Darth Maul made the movie hands down. Absolutely. And Big Man CJS says, I always said episode two and three are good sci-fi movies, but bad Star Wars flicks. Okay. I don't know if I would agree with that. I, I don't know that they're bad Star Wars flicks, but but you got to read this other comment too, Jay. This one is this cracked me up. Oh, Big Man CJS in chat says, I think we all remember where we were when we were first disappointed by Star Wars. Ain't that the truth, brother? Ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> I think I like because, but that's but I feel like that's a testament to the franchise itself, though, where it's like we all like I think all of us hold this franchise on such a pedestal, like you know, and that's yeah. the thing, like. The, like, you know, the in the same way how there were some people, there was a whole generation of people who the first Star Wars movie they ever saw were those prequels. And right. while, while they may not necessarily be, like, the most amazing Star Wars movies to us, for those people, they were like, man, this is an amazing thing. And so they weren't disappointed by those movies. They were, like, introduced and were like, wow, these movies are cool. And they got to be disappointed by it when these new prequel or these last trilogy came out. You know right, what I'm saying? And it's like, but but I think it's just it's really interesting the idea that we kind of and and I, you know I I don't know this for a fact, but there very well might be a generation of people who think that this last trilogy, like that's great Star Wars movies. I I, I find that harder to comprehend, but you know I might feel different about it you know, when the next set of Star Wars movies come out, you know, okay. like, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Because here's I the thing. I think that's absolutely this... a really valid um, comment because my, I, you know, we had our son grow up watching Star Wars, right? I started mm-hmm. him in, I believe, the correct order, starting with four, five, and six, <laughs> and then moving on. But I think it's a generational thing because it is. he hands down swears that episode one, two, and three are the better episodes. And I'm like, kid, have I not taught you anything? What is wrong with you? Absolutely. But, <laughs> you know, it's a generational thing. And mm. um, in fact, my friend Ed, who directed a couple of the Supernatural um, episodes, he's a huge Star Wars fan. And we were having this conversation that you know, he himself agrees that it's a generational thing. Episode yeah. one, two, and three are the when those came out, that generation appreciates those those mm-hmm. three over the original. Yeah. You know, four, five, and six. And I, for one, I will defend um, seven, eight, and nine like nobody's business. So really? I absolutely love all three of those. And the last what? one. I actually went to go see the very last one four times in the theater because I could not get enough of it. What? Yes. Oh my yes. God, Normie. Oh, I Jesus. Will well, listen. You on this. Normie, I will Normie, fight listen. you I, on this. Normie, listen. Oh, I, oh, I'll tell you right now. I'm not trying to fight you right now. 
Because <laughs> there's not enough. Yeah. Right, right. There's not enough time in 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 today or tomorrow for us to fully have like, this conversation. That might, that might be a, our next Comic Con at home panel because you know this shit ain't going nowhere. Right, <laughs> right, for real. Right, because I'm just like, what? Like, I, because yeah, I, I, I don't know that I've ever been more disappointed in a Star Wars movie than in this friggin' Rise of Skywalker joint where I just like, like, because that's the thing, like, I, I wasn't a big Last Jedi fan, but I think a lot of that was the initial shock of what I was seeing the first time, and when I went yeah. back to go watch it the second time, I was like, you know what, this is actually a much better movie now that I see it again and, like, got over myself, you know what I'm saying? Right. But, but, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, man. Rise oh. of Skywalker is amazing. And you know what? I have to tell you that. <laughs> what? I, and I'll tell you this. This is what I really loved, especially, um, is that, I mean, I don't know if you watch, um, you know, Clone Wars, but, you know, we talk yeah. about great Jedis. Great yeah. Jedi. So, yeah. um, and that's what I loved about Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren because I yeah. think... Yeah. He he was one of them, you know. He he teeter tottered yeah. between, you know, um, you know, the dark side and the light side, and the, and, and he made his his character was so much more powerful because of that, because he just fought this this feeling deeply. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just I don't know. Rise of Skywalker. I could just if I could hug a movie, I would totally hug that movie. <laughs> And I probably saw that movie like after the theaters. We've seen it like ten more times at my house. We just watch it over and over and over again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's funny because you know I I have I I got like friggin' Disney Plus. Like day one, I have yet to watch that movie. Like I I, yeah like I no like I I, and you know I'm at some point I'm saying to myself like I I'll go back and I'll watch it again. But dude, like I like I don't know that I've ever been more disappointed coming out of a Star Wars movie. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna take a break. Like <laughs> like especially here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like and you know just how we're saying like you know every generation has their set of Star Wars movies. It's like right. this generation got like the Force Awakens and then they got like the Last Jedi, which you know you can have your your um thoughts about how good those movies are but this generation also got rogue one rogue one is is one of the best star wars movies ever made period in my opinion i agree with that rogue one solo was good too solo was was a good movie i agree i I, I think was okay oh how dare you how dare (laughs) you um Thanks for being on the show. We appreciate you. Feel free to go back to bed. <laughs> like we know you got to get up early, Dorby. You know what I'm saying? Get get your rest. <laughs> like, Jesus. Oh man, I love it though. But I definitely want to have this conversation at another Absolutely. point. Absolutely. And and understand that we're we're going to be having some Star Wars conversations relatively soon anyway, just because we got this, all this High Republic stuff coming up. And mm-hmm. I know that you know. I'm, I was happy to hear earlier in the show. Joe said that he's excited about it because I know I am too. And I didn't know if anybody else was, but I think it's going to be good because, or at least, uh, I'll say this: I'm excited about it just because it's an era of Star Wars that, up until this point, we haven't really explored at all. Right. And and they're doing like the whole multimedia kind of deal with it. So there's going to be novels. There's going to be comics. Uh, uh, I think they're going to do a TV show, but. 
I, you know, I don't like. They, they, I feel like they've kind of hinted at it, but they, it seems like, you know, basically, I, it sounds in some ways like Disney is trying to stake their claim to this era, so that they can be like, okay, this is an era that we can say this is what happened definitively, and nobody can be like, oh, but what about the canon? <laughs> so you know, so yeah, so I, I think, think that they're so. gonna hang their hat in that era. So we got a lot of that coming up, and so we can all dissect and and you know decide how we feel about it all together. So I'm I'm excited for for us to be able to have those conversations and then go dive deeper into the merits of all these different movies. Absolutely, this is definitely a good time to be a Star Wars fanatic. There's just so sure. much. True. That has come out, and that is coming out. So this is the perfect time to be a Star Wars fanatic. And I will tell you, Normie, like you know, I don't know how how much of an actual like comic reader you are, but the the current Star Wars comic books are actually all really good, and they definitely like explore a lot of different um, aspects of the Star Wars universe, like you know, a lot of the different eras we're already familiar with, but take like have really interesting and cool takes. So whether you want to read about like Darth Vader or if you want to read about like, you know, the kind of like the original trilogy kind of uh characters mm -hmm. or even some like, you know, newer characters that kind of have spawned out of some of those eras. It's like, yeah, the, the current Star Wars comics are really good. I would definitely suggest you check them out if you're looking for like some additional Star Wars stories. Sounds I good. Doctor Aphra, in particular, is a really mm -hmm. good book. Yeah, Doctor Aphra is really good. Okay, sounds yeah. good. I'll definitely have to check into that. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, Norm, you got you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, what are you gonna say, Jay? Uh, we got a lot going on in chat. Oh, go ahead. So, uh, Pinball Wiz says, "I think it comes down to what your expectations were." Did you expect episode four, five, and six story and style? Because that's not what the first three are supposed to be. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't it's a know. good take on that. Big man CJS says, "Same here, Normie. Showed the original ones to the kids first. Nice. Uh, he also says episode seven and eight are okay. <laughs> uh, Pinball Wiz." says the last three are just Star Wars emo movies. Like that wave of Jedi, that's all it is about too. Cause when you talk about great Jedi, like you have to be able to harness those emotions in a balanced way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna fall, you know, you're you're walking a tightrope essentially. You're always gonna fall one way or another. That's what makes Luke so great. That's what makes Kylo and Ray so great. That's what made Qui-Gon Jinn so great, you know? Mace Windu, you know? All those are great Jedi. The greatest Jedi's you've seen on screen have been great Jedi's. And they're always getting, you know, we need a third party. <laughs> if I could hug a movie should be the title of this episode. It's <laughs> hilarious. Big man CJS says Kylo Ren is interesting and in that his whole motivation is that he was afraid of Boogeyman Luke. <laughs> Pinball Wiz says the last three crushed me. They had the original cast continue and end the saga, and then we got three after school specials. Kylo Ren, you communicate with your parents properly storyline. <laughs> That's, That's hysterical. 
Kylo Ren how to communicate with your storyline. Oh, oh dude. God. Dude, That's but funny. seriously, talking about that line in the last movie, when he sees um oh dear lord, Han Solo and they're having that he's having yeah. that conversation again. Yeah. Seriously, this movie is amazing. Uh, we have to you know sit down what? and watch it together, Mar- uh, Marianne. Uh, oh, listen, yeah, I'm gonna make you. You don't want to watch that movie with me. Like that's not gonna be a good time for you. <laughs> like that's not gonna be a good time for. Listen, I don't. I'm not like I'm not the one. Like there, there are people that will like. Oh yeah, I want to sit next to you and rip this movie apart and make you not like. Like I don't look. I I take perfect joy in the fact that you can find. The the like the force. The I feel good, the force the in this good movie. part of that movie, right? Yeah, it's like like you know what I I'm happy that you're happy. Like I wish I could be happy like that about it too. I just don't think I can, and I don't want to like take any of your joy. I would. I don't. I don't take. That's because you don't no have pleasure. me whispering in your ear telling you how good this part is or how good hey, that part is. Hey, listen, you, now, no, I'll make don't a believer out of you. I'll make you. I'll make a believer out of you. I don't want. I don't know, listen. <laughs> I can't be held responsible for what happens if you know people went whispering in my ear during Star Wars. Like, wait a minute, girl, get out of here. There's a, wait a minute, girl. There's Stop. a reason why we don't do the show in the same room anymore. <laughs> like, get out of here, Moses. I know what you're trying to do. I'll do that. Why is your whisper wet? It's like these, these urges are terrible. No, no. <laughs> Oh man! DJ Austin chat says read. Uh, Death Plague was surprisingly good. Mean, I think it. Darth. Now Death Death Plaquois. <laughs> I would have said Plagueis too. Yeah. Oh, it's Darth Plagueis, but he misspelled it. I don't care. Death Plaquois. <laughs> Oh man, I tell oh, you. Did you all hear that um you know, I don't know if I if I mentioned it to you all, but there was a rumor that um they were trying to get Batista to play uh Darth Bane. Oh wow, that would really? be amazing. Yeah, actually I think I feel like I feel like uh Batista could pull off Darth Bane. Yeah, which for those for those that may not know Darth Bane is the the Sith that basically is credited with instituting the rule of two. Uh, yeah. Where there's only a, a, a master academy, <laughs> right? Only a master and an apprentice when it comes to the Sith, and you know he's had novels in the past, which you know who knows if they are or are not canon. But they're if they not. make, but yeah, they're, well, they're fucking amazing. They are. They really the Darth the Darth Bane novels are fantastic. It's, That's why you should want them. Well, listen, here's the thing. What I would what I would suspect is if if Disney did make a Darth Bane movie and it was like it did have like Batista I would I would bet a dollar to a dime it would be heavily influenced by some of those original novels like the stories are probably going to be very similar with just some changes here and there because they be want like to Age of Ultron or Civil War no 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 <laughs> I'll be no. happy and don't get me wrong Age of Ultron and Civil War are both great movies but you know, like they, they only take like nuggets of inspiration from their source material. Like I feel like those joints would be like they would be very much like, okay, this is basically like 
I, especially like the first novel. I feel like the first novel would probably be the first movie with some very slight changes. Yeah, look, setting yourself up for disappointment. Oh no! Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. There it is. It's like the etern- eternally hopeful. It's like, dude, election night was hard. <laughs> God damn! I was like, oh Jesus Christ! I was like, where, where, where? Like, where's my drink? Ah. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. So you know. But All anyway. right, fellas. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you I for being I better go on, to Normie. sleep. I gotta be up in five hours, but dude, it was awesome. <laughs> Chit chatting Star Wars. And thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. Anytime you want to, please feel free to drop by Normie. It was great having you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Talk later. to y'all soon. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Uh before we jump into our next segment, which is is the the comic book review, right? Yeah, yeah, Batgirl. Yeah, let me do a heavy metal minute real quick. Cause, Let's do it. You know. And uh, yeah, <laughs> well, well, I, I, I agree. With, I agree with Moses. Yeah. Heavy metal minute because you know, yeah, we're getting out of here. There's more Fear Factory drama. It's become a heavy metal minute tradition to talk about Fear Factory drama. And one of the latest things is Dino posting on Facebook a celebratory post of the 30th anniversary of Fear Factory. And he said, 30 years of fear, a nice little thumbnail picture. And he thanked everybody for making it happen, all the original members. You know, Dino is the only one left. And, uh, you know, of course, there's going to be comments and reactions to it. And one fan said, you know, it's not going to be the same without Burton Seatbelt, the original singer. To which Dino replied, well, I'm glad it's not the same. Because really, like, Burton did too many drugs, too much alcohol, didn't take care of his voice. He didn't even sound good live anymore. To which is like everybody, like, whoa, that's what the, you know. I got to see Divine Heresy, Burton's other band, open up for Dino's other band, Asesino. And, uh, you know, at the Whiskey, Good Acoustics, Legendary Venue, and uh, sounded great. But that was over 10 years ago. <laughs> so, you know, there it shows my age. But, you know, who knows what's happened as of late. Um, he went on to say, Dino, that is, he went and contrasted Burton's vocals to, you know, Howard Jones, Corey Taylor, and Mike Patton, and said, basically, you know, those guys actually went to vocal coaches, they took care of their voice, that's their instrument, they took care of it, they didn't abuse it, and that's why they can still do it, they can sing, scream, everything, whereas... Dino says Burton doesn't so that's the latest bit in drama I don't know what's gonna be I don't know what this new album I already gave my money to Dino because Indiegogo and COVID like you know what he needs money <laughs> you know I, I can't go to concerts so I'll give money to artists whichever way I can to merch band camp 
as you heard earlier, all of that. So I don't know. If you're a Fear Factory fan, why don't you uh, tell me what you think about this album coming up, Resurgence? Are you weary? Are you afraid? What do we have to hope for? Who can replace Burton, really? Like, he's such an influential uh, figure in this type of singing, this this napalm death, growly, like, godflesh type dry growl vocal, and then this cool, melodic, almost 80s-ish vocal. So, who can do that? I mean, people have done it. He influenced a lot, but we'll see. I'm Moses Magnum. This has been a Heavy Metal Minute. Review. Uh, like review. <laughs> well, not not like that, but like. All right. Good job, Moses Magnum. You're welcome. Huzzah! All right, Jay. You want to go ahead and talk to us about? Batgirl, uh, the the Joker War tie-ins. Okay, so Batgirl, the Joker War tie-in starts with the Joker breaking into Bats' apartment. Uh, he's got control of Wayne Tech, and uh, I guess a lot of shit is going down with this Joker War. And he goes to Babs because he wants the get into the bat computers in the bat cave and he wants her to help him with that but she stabs herself and then stabs him to stop that from happening then uh she ends up in the hospital with her brother and her dad they start fighting and she kind of just doesn't want to have shit to do with either of them because uh Jim Gordon when he was infected, he did a lot of bad shit. And her brother is just an ass. Um, then we move on to her activism, where she's trying to, you know, be Batgirl, but also work in government, like uh, helping out the local congresswoman to try and make everything better. Uh, so it's not just as bad girl, but make life better for people as Barbara. And then we get to bad girl 50, which is basically just uh, her saying that she's gonna do her to the best of her ability. And help Gotham as Batgirl and as Barbara. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that pretty much sums it up. I, I know for me, there was a point, like, I, I haven't, I've been behind on my Batman comics, so I hadn't read Joker War, and so I was thinking, like, okay, well, 
if I'm going to read these Batgirl comics, I should probably read Joker War to kind of get like the, the full like breath of what's happening. But I was like, man, it's a lot of comics. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through it. So I'm like, let me just read Batgirl. And I'm glad I did because other than like that first part, which was like 40, 47, right? Mm-hmm. Like 47 is probably the only part of it that's kind of like, I, I don't even want to say that it's like, I'm sure that what happened in Batgirl 47 probably gets mentioned at some point in Joker War. But realistically speaking, like, it feels like all of that that happens in these last issues of Batgirl is not uh it's not really Joker War. It, it I mean it's literally it's literally titled like Joker War Collateral Damage. And so it's not like a direct like tie-in I guess to Joker War. It right. it might it might I guess I guess it does it does it all happen before the actual meat of Joker War? Um I don't know what the meat of Joker War is. I don't know either. So I think <laughs> it's kind of happening during Joker War. Okay. But then but that would imply that Batgirl was not like any kind of significant factor of Joker War then. Right. She was doing oh. her own thing. Right. Okay. Okay. And that that could be the case. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But it but and I won't, you know, this is not a knock against these issues, mind you. Because her like what she was going through on her own was definitely interesting and interesting and significant in and of itself. It was just like one of those things where I was totally like thinking like, oh man, like I'm probably gonna get spoiled on some aspects of Joker War. And that turned out not to be the case. <laughs> okay. Or or very little, other than like, you know, obviously Joker has taken over uh uh Wayne Tech, so or Wayne Industries or whatever. I know that that has happened. I did not know that beforehand, so I'm like, okay, you know, right. Austin Chat says I hate all of you. <laughs> Why does he hate us? Because we don't read Batman. Because we, we don't know where DC. Honestly, we don't know where where the meat of Joker War is. <laughs> Okay, I don't know what to tell you. Look, by the time you come back, Oz, we will. Like, I, I'm actually thinking that when Oz comes back, we should do that, uh, that, that death metal. Uh. But I <laughs> look, wait, this is the only time you've ever heard Moses not be excited for for the idea yeah. of death metal. Like, <laughs> like any time you you normally you just say the word metal, Moses' ears perk up like a like yeah. a excited puppy. Who you say DC's death metal? He's like, mm. Mm. Hey, for a split second, I thought we were actually going to talk about the new like Cannibal Corpse and Six Feet Under album. But I mean, you know, maybe if Scott Snyder ties it in, we'll do it. He won't. <laughs> DC but had yeah. to tour won't let him. I like, they 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 have a soundtrack for the death metal comic book series, and it's the singer from Evanescence singing on it. That's hilarious. Uh, Moses. Yes. 
you you got to read Batgirl fifty, which is the final okay. issue of Batgirl for now. Yeah. But I think I think they're ending like, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like they're ending. Or even if they're not like say, well, because Batgirl did Batgirl get canceled? Batgirl didn't get canceled, right? Well, I think sure. I think they're pausing while they go into this event. They're going to be yeah. going to, future right? state and yeah, and, yeah, and and. Generation five or five yeah, or whatever. And the like, Omniverse, like I, I know that all their books are being halted. I know that some of some books did get canceled because we did that story. Yeah. I do remember that, but I don't know that Batgirl was necessarily one of them. But maybe it was. I don't know. But either way, all the books are are yeah being halted, and then everything is going to be this future state, and then they kind of relaunch everything. Which I'm I'm sure Batgirl will get another book eventually. Mm, she'll be back in a wheelchair. Which you know that could be the case. I don't know. Like, but but you read issue fifty, Mo, which was the yeah. final issue. What what were your thoughts on this issue? What what? How did it leave you? Well, if that was the final issue, I was like, wow, that's, what a way to go out. Mm-hmm. Like, it was. I didn't know it was the final issue. Oz in chat says that fifty is the last issue for Batgirl. Cancelled. Um. <laughs> You're fired, Batgirl. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it, yeah, it's. It, I guess it's a, it's a good enough story. It's okay. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I essentially read the epilogue of the Joker War stuff. I didn't know we were supposed to read the whole thing. So, I mean, if it's any consolation, you did not. You didn't read the epilogue of the Joker War stuff. You just read the epilogue of what was going on with Batgirl. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. The stuff with Batgirl. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was fine. I mean, you know, nothing really happened in both stories. <laughs> right. No, I, listen, I, I can't imagine reading issue 50 without having read the issues before it. Yeah. Because reading issue 50 on its own without any kind of context seems like it'd be weird. Like, for you, like, I can only imagine, like, because yeah. you're kind of well, like, because it doesn't do an amazing job of, like, bring you up to speed in regards to like what was happening it, before that it moment. doesn't but you know i ran i pick random comics to read in right. random parts in general so i'm okay right. with that it's yeah, I'm with you on that how too. enjoyable is it on its own which mm-hmm. this one was was fine it's just different than anything i've ever read yeah <laughs> you know it, because it's she's mad at bruce for not being a billionaire <laughs> and throw she's mad at him throwing money at situations and then he fixes it by throwing money at a situation, right? And then that's it. That's that's the extent of um, Bruce Wayne's fiduciary responsibility to Gotham. I don't know if fiduciary I used right, but <laughs> um, you know. And then that's it. It's like, yeah, this comic book clearly wasn't written by somebody with money. <laughs> Are you calling? Cecil Castellucci for <laughs> well, it's just it's just Batman's reaction of throwing money at everything while you know it's tax write-offs, whatever. Like a little bit of Batman's business, like hey, well, I can give money to the homeless, but you know, homeless is a complex issue. It's not just a money issue; it's a mental health issue. It's a this, and they go into that before, but then. You know, she even says that like voting isn't as easy for homeless people. 
throwing money at things isn't as easy for homeless people. And then it, that whole conflict with Bruce would have been a lot more interesting if it wasn't just fixed by Bruce Wayne throwing money at it because you know we've established that money isn't just the easiest solution for them. Yeah, you know, I, I I will say in defense of that moment that I do feel like the point was you don't like like it's not so much that money doesn't help as much as don't give your money you're giving your money at a a, a level where it doesn't reach okay. the people well, well like, you know they filed for a 503 5013c uh tax exempt form <laughs> you know like you have to even if i like i give money to the homeless regularly i'm not trying to say that like that i'm not giving a ton of money but yeah, i do give time for certain things yeah. but i can't claim it on if i'm gonna like give a big amount like that i can't tell the irs oh these thirty thousand, like I, I just gave it at a lower level mm-hmm. you know th- this is why this money isn't here mm-hmm. otherwise they can think i'm hiding it right you know and or using it for nefarious things and then there's an audit and it's like it, it's not gonna line up mm-hmm. and yeah you know that Bruce Wayne gives it a high level because he don't need the IRS poking around to see why. You know what? Why is his Edison bill so high? It's almost like he's powering a supercomputer <laughs> under his house. You know? Why is his Edison bill so, so high? The, 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 that situation with Batgirl and Bruce is, uh, uh, you know, economically is a, a more complex situation. Just that interaction. Yeah, yeah. Solution. So you spent the whole time talking about how it's a complex issue, and then the real complex issue, the the talking turkey, because that's real complex. There's a reason why a lot of people don't get to that way. It's just because they don't know how to manage that little dotting the I and crossing the T, let alone generational wealth from the Waynes mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that. But you know, we've seen a lot of people inherit a ton of money and just squander it because mm-hmm. they don't know how to do that. But this guy managed to. He created a crime-fighting syndicate and still managed to get the IRS off his ass. Yeah, yeah. And now you expect him to just throw money at a place where, you know, he might not get the right paperwork. And then he just does it. Yeah? Yeah. Well, he's not a billionaire anymore. He's a millionaire, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Under Biden, he's still getting taxed on that extra... I'm not doing the math today. Yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, obviously, like C- Cecil Castellucci is is a good writer, mm-hmm. and and um, you know, she she definitely what Jay? <laughs> I was thinking about when Stephanie was singing, right, 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 um. But you know, and and she definitely, you know, knows how to to like set up characters, situations, and and um, you know, like message, like you know, when she mm-hmm. wants to get a message across, she can get it over across effectively. Um, I was a little shocked by how heavy-handed this that like that story felt. In regards to the messages that were coming across, just because it felt very uncharacteristic, 
And it, it might very well just be a thing where it's like, okay, maybe she ran out of time to say all the things she wants to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they're like, well, hey, it's going to be the last issue. Like, it, it would not have it would not have surprised me to find out that maybe initially that 50th issue was going to be like longer and just a regular 50th issue and maybe she got the the memo that like actually is going to be the last issue of Batgirl and we want to make it like you know like special so we want to tell like a few different stories so you know like you're with a story that you were already doing, like you need to condense that so that we can tell like these other two or three stories in the book, which that, that could be the case, but it just felt a lot more heavy handed than usual. Like it, and it felt like the kind of thing, like, you know, this is the kind of stuff that people that want to always be like, Oh, SJWs are taking over the comic yeah. industry. <laughs> and you know, they just, all they want to do is like, take our heroes and cloak messages like you know on the like this feels like that kind of like that first story felt like that's the kind of stuff they read and they're like look see how they're just like trying to co-opt our heroes and like give all these kind of messages it felt like that and I was like oh like that's you know that's I, I was surprised for it to for me to feel that way or to read this and be like oh well this is like this feels heavy handed and a little bit like chunky you know like i i know that she if she wanted to she could totally get all those same messages in and it feel a lot more like subtle like where you don't even realize that you you'll get the message but not realize that that's the message being fed to you and so i was like huh i wonder what what the story is behind that so you know cuz at the end of the day i was just like jeez like well we are messing around and running with this like like bat, bat girls out here protesting with folks or whatever, which I don't feel like that's out of character. I feel like Barbara mm-hmm. Gordon probably would do that. I, I feel that I would want to see the series of this dual life of Barbara Gordon. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Expanded. I would enjoy this. I, I like, like you said, it's kind of heavy handed, but it was still interesting. I like this dynamic and I want to read more of it. Mm-hmm. Make right. sure Bruce Wayne explains <clears throat> that, hey, they don't have the 5013C tax exempt form. Like, like <laughs> yeah. But that's beside the point. That's just me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was feeling the same way, Larry. That this is why people get mad at these books. But I didn't feel like this is why they get mad. I'm like, this is a book that somebody had it been a popular book, mm-hmm. would have had some backlash. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. like this is like it, it's under the radar for some people, and that's why you don't see like 18 YouTube videos about it. Instead, you see, you just see this one. <laughs> right, right. Which is like, you know, telling you like, hey, you know. Here's the best one. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with the message. Yeah. It's just like, you know, yeah, well, maybe maybe we'll take a, take a little bit different approach, but I don't know. Jay, the what message- do you think? As in Chessa's hashtag Castellucci cut. <laughs> well when I saw that it was a bigger book than usual and then I'm reading this I'm like okay I'm gonna get a good chunk of this and I didn't know it was cancelled I was like man I'm gonna keep reading this book but I mean it says it on the cover right I didn't like, final issue, yeah. like I, I didn't have time to like read the, what it says on the cover I just grabbed it and opened it up and started reading I finally started working out again because my back doesn't hurt and then you know 
all the stuff I had to do today. I produced two heavy metal minutes and all that, whatnot. That 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 chat message for you, Moses. Yeah. Dangerous the, bat villains, the, the tax auditors. Yeah. <laughs> They're not that powerful. The, it depends on if the 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 court of owls is backing them or not. Or like, who's the one saying, you know, the audit is a long process. <laughs> yeah. So right. Bruce can get away with it, like, but he wouldn't take that risk. I agree. So Jay, what did you think of some of the other stories in issue fifty? Um, I love the D and D story. Um, one because it was just fun, but two, it made sense. Like, I could see Barbara thinking the way. Uh, the way she does in that story mm -hmm. so that was fun like, I enjoyed that one um, I also like the story where she's kind of like everyone's sidekick because mm. it feels like a place where she would be like because she's so reliable I could see just people just kind of taking her for granted mm -hmm. and just knowing that she can handle the load mm-hmm so I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And that did do the thing where you kind of see like the one panel from it in the story earlier. And then it turned out you get like the full context later. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I, I like I like that when that happened. Yeah. One thing I do have to say about this book, the art is really good all across the board all the different stories. I really enjoyed the art a lot. Yeah, the art was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all in all, it seems like, and you know, I can't say for certain because I didn't, I didn't read the entire run, but it seems like a good run for Batgirl altogether. Um, you know, I, I, I think that um, it's just outside of just the the first part of the, or or I guess the first story and just like you know maybe it feeling a little heavy handed in regards to the message was trying to get it across. Otherwise, I think it was a cool a cool book, um, as far as the final issues concerned and the ones leading up to it. I thought were interesting, even though I will say that you know there is an aspect to things where. You know, I always talk about how, you know, back in the day that people would write comics like every book was somebody's first book. And so recap some things or whatever. I, I feel like, you know, you don't want to necessarily write your story to necessarily be catching people up on everything that was happening or whatnot. But and I think the recap page was a big, uh, a great addition to most modern comics so that you can get like you can put the summary there so that people can get the current the information they need and you kind of fill in like little holes here and there in the story if you need to um reading these books i was like this jason guy like i read issue 47 through 50 and i'm just like okay i understand that she she is in a relationship with jason i don't know anything about where she like 
I don't know like how she met Jason or like all I know is she's in a relationship with Jason right now as as Barbara Gordon and as Batgirl she for some reason she threw him off a roof I don't know why she threw, threw him off a roof I will say they do tell you where to get the info yeah yeah I'll give you that but I feel over the course of like four issues like somebody should like somewhere they should tell me like it, just mention why he got thrown off that roof like why did he get thrown off the roof to hurt him yeah why <laughs> like that that doesn't feel like Batgirl's character like and that's what I'm saying like I'm like why did Batgirl want to talk like even if she's like I want to hurt him which I'm like okay hey you know we all have these moments right why was throwing him off the roof the go-to move like and I'm like this fool has a, a cane I'm assuming he didn't have the cane before she threw him <laughs> off the roof <laughs> so I'm like damn this like this dude has like some sort of permanent injury and he doesn't know that the woman that he is in love with is actually the same chick that threw him off the roof and I get that, like that all makes sense to me as far as like why it's a good story. Obviously, it was compelling enough for me to be talking about it, but I'm just like, damn! If somebody doesn't like, why won't someone tell me why she threw this fool off the roof? Like, I feel like that you could. I'm not talking about an in-depth like thesis on why it was the right choice. I'm just saying what was what was the one sentence version of why she did that. Cause I don't even understand like why, like how he came into her life or anything. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what he does for a living. I don't know. Like, I don't know why he would be in a situation to be th thrown off of a roof by Batgirl. Like he's not a villain apparently, or at least if he was, they shouldn't say it. Like that's the thing. I don't understand the context of it at all. They talk about it a little bit. Where? I missed it. You did miss it. It's okay. I actually can't recall it. Like it's they, it's not like they give him like a whole page, but they do uh -huh. say he did something uh had something to do with the Gotham City Police Force. And part of the reason why his dad or my gym isn't commissioner anymore. Well like, Well yeah, no, I, I got that. Like I did get that. Like he basically framed Commissioner Gordon. Is that why she threw him off the roof? Right. Oh. I would have felt like she would not throw him off the roof for that because she didn't feel like she was she wasn't like she wasn't she was estranged from her dad already. But she loves the guy. Well yeah, but I guess it's not like she and it's not like it was his her, uh her brother that got framed. Like she would have been happier about that, you're saying? Well, she wouldn't have been as mad. Okay. But I guess what I'm saying is the way she made it seem as though like her dad needed to be taken down a peg. And I get that, you know, you don't want to do it in a way where, you know, he's getting, I guess, worse than he deserves. I I'm with you on all this right here. I, I guess my thought was, I don't know that. The, the Batgirl that I'm familiar with the Barbara Gordon I'm familiar with wouldn't be like oh this fool afraid of my dad the solution to that is toss him off a roof so I, I guess I'm thinking like it must have been something else 
So, you know, but maybe that is what it is, which that's like, that feels very extreme. And, you know, and I guess technically she like caught him before he hit the ground or hit what hit the ground at full speed. I don't know if she like hit, grabbed him with like a, a bat grappling hook or something and just was like, okay, well, this will only halfway smash into the ground. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just like, I can tell you what book you can find out in. Well, yeah, I guess so, man. I I guess so. But I I will say, like, there is like, there was a little bit where I'm like, man, I almost wish that they would have written this like, you know, giving me a little bit more info on this part, like, because I like, you know. But I guess you're right. I could go back to what was it, Batgirl Eternal? I think it was or something. Batman Eternal. Was it was it Batman or Batgirl? Batman. Okay, maybe. How long ago was Batman Eternal? Was that recent? Two years ago. Oh no, I don't think it's. I think it might be. A, it might have been Batgirl Eternal. I think. Where's my kid? I don't know, cause I'm just like I don't think it was Batman, cause why is she tossing fools off of roofs in Batman books? Like <laughs> it's like my baby. I don't know. But either way, I was just like, man, like I feel like like this is like too central a point of what's happening in all these books for us not to like know like at least not to be mentioned why she tossed them off the roof. You know, and I'm just saying, like, you know, this is not something for me where I'm like, if it was one issue, I don't know if I would make a big deal about it because hey, modern comics doesn't work like that. But I, I read four books and I don't know for fact why he was tossed off this roof it did not occur to me that that was why she did it because I'm like well I mean you know like that's political kind of like sort of framing like it's not like it's not like he was in jail he just lost his job you know <laughs> so it's like and it sounded to me like she wanted him to lose his job because he was like on, he was infected or whatever I don't know what it was I don't know why she's a stranger with him because I'm not reading Batgirl but I need to know why she tossed this fool off the roof. <laughs> I know at some point, like, I don't remember what, and 100% in relation to what, but they do give you, like, four different books to go, uh, that you can read to find out, to get, like, auxiliary info. Yeah. Oscar and Chess says, I think technically Jason Todd tossed him off the roof. No. What is No one can see that, Mo. Oh, damn it. Hold on. What what is it? What are you Mo, you're it's not in focus. What's it say? Just tell us what it says. Batman Eternal twenty eight. Oh, okay. Batman Eternal. Got it. Did you pull up Batman Eternal to find out why she tossed him off the roof? No. <laughs> it took me long enough to find that caption. Back. You didn't okay. trust my memory. I I didn't realize it was in Batman or Batgirl fifty. I thought it might have been a book you didn't even read. Like I answered your question. You like, did. You answered my question, Mo. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. I'll I'll never doubt your memory again. No, you can doubt it because I still I didn't remember Joe telling me we had to read all of it. <laughs> so, what are we all rating this book? 
Uh, are we rating 50 in particular, or what are we? Yeah, 50? Dealer's choice, or player's choice. <laughs> uh, you know, if I'm rating 50, uh, I liked it. I'd probably give it like, like three three and a half three and three quarter canes three <laughs> or three quarter walking sticks out of five yeah like it, it's a it, like I liked it there were some parts that some points in the book that I was like I you know wanted more information and you know there was some like some of the like especially in 50 when you talk about some of the other stories that were in it it's like I did like those other stories. I'm not sure if it felt it wasn't like a, it didn't quite feel like finale stories. It felt like issue 50 if 51 was coming out next month. Kind of like annual stories. Yeah, I mean not yet. I mean and, but yeah, it did feel like a more like an annual story or like you know, you're like hey, you got to tell like you're going to oversize issue 50 cuz it's a, a hallmark and you know great it it doesn't feel like a final issue no it doesn't feel like a final issue so i think that's why i have to go ahead with like the three and three quarter what about you moses i give it about a four because i just like the art a lot Uh, the story i actually enjoyed too despite what it might have sounded like earlier but (laughs) i I did i did enjoy the story I, i did like that aspect of batgirl trying to save Gotham two different ways. You know, yeah. three three actually, because it's her personal activism, Batgirl, and then her job. So Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I wish I could I, I wish I could have seen more. Yeah. Jay? And I'm gonna give it a four. Mm-hmm. Like I like these issues. Um I like the personal like I like her. Like I like her attitude. Yeah. Like he's just trying to get shit done. Yeah. He doesn't have time to deal with their dad's bullshit. He doesn't mm-hmm. have time to deal with uh her brother's bullshit. Mm-hmm. She just she's got shit to do and she's trying to get it done. And I like it. Yeah. And I also like the other stories. Um in particular I did like the D and D story a lot. I thought mm-hmm. that was really fun. Uh, a really fun story. Yeah. Cool. So, in chat, real quick, we got Oblivious Uncle says, you know what's a cool book? Uh, Devolution by Max Brooks. You guys heard of it? I have not. Me either. Mo? No, no, it doesn't have pictures in it. (laughs) Oh, is it is it a novel? Well, Max Brooks is a novel writer. Don't ask me how I know. I know nothing about books, but yeah. So apparently, uh, it's about a Sasquatch massacre. What? Um, looking at a the Wikipedia page. The Devolution, a first-hand account of the Rainier Sasquatch 
Massacre is a 2020 fiction book by American author Max Brooks. Uh, the Cryptid Sasquatch is, um, excuse me, The Cryptid Sasquatch on the foothills of a post-volcanic eruption, Mount Rainier stands as a metaphor for the real-world COVID-19 pandemic. The book was optioned by Legendary Entertainment to become a film around the same time the book began to be sold to the public in June 2020. Mm. He worked fast. Yeah. I feel like, but uh, like Matt's books writes comics, right? No, he used to write Star Wars books. Really? Pretty okay. sure. Okay. I mean, not that I know anything about books. I only talk comics. That's fair. Oh, he's Mel Brooks' son. Yeah, he's an actor and a voice uh, actor and a voiceover artist. No, oh, okay. Look, is is uh, Oblivious Uncle? Is that actually Max Brooks in chat, like promoting his? Uncle? No, it's Max Brooks' uncle. <laughs> well, hey, look, that's all good. That's all good. I feel like I read a comic that Max Brooks wrote, but I can't think of what it is. No, you you think of Max Landis? He no. wrote. He wrote the zombie survival guy recorded attacks, GI Joe Hearts and Minds, the Harlem Hellfighters, the Extinction Parade, a more perfect union, and Germ Warfare, a very graphic history. Yeah, I didn't read any of those. It's not Max Landis though, because I, I I know Max Landis, and yeah, I wouldn't. I would not do that to Max Brooks. So, oh, he's also the guy that wrote World War Z. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. No, there it is. So cool, gents. Anything else we need to talk about before we get out of here today? Uh, we're not going to get to news, but I do have an extra news that I didn't put in the heavy metal minute, but we did talk about Jinji Ito. Uh. Jinji Ito did a collaboration with the Misfits to make band merch for the Misfits. So you can now get a Misfits shirt that's drawn by Jinji Ito, which is awesome. I'm already terrified. They're, they're really good. I, I, I want them all. That's it's very cool. 15 lines of streetwear. Uh, they launched Friday on October 30th. So you can get that at the Crunchyroll store. I'm sure Hot Topic will have it because Hot Topic actually sells this really cool Jinji Ito hoodie that's just panels of the comics like sewn together in one big hoodie. I was going to get it, but it's white, so I didn't get it. That's fair. And, uh... I do want to do one news story real quick. All right, go for it. Uh, Amazon argues customers who buy Prime Video content don't own it as a California woman sues company for secretly reserving the right to cut off access to purchase titles. Mm. So Amanda Caudill of, of Fairfield, California, sued Amazon in April for false advertising, uh, saying that Amazon secretly reserves right to make pay for content unavailable, and Amazon Prime Video says customers are actually paying for a limited license to stream content. And that that's subject to uh, third right uh, third party rights holders. Hmm. So, 
Yes, I'm not buying digital content anymore. Um, I know Amazon is trying to get the case thrown out because the woman suing them doesn't actually own any content that's unavailable now. Um, apparently she's just she read the the yeah look she's a hero. <laughs> she read the uh, agreement. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, hey, look, I, I I don't think I don't think it should get thrown out, but I think she should at least just buy one thing as a gesture that she's afraid is going to go away. But uh, think about all the comicsology comics we have. Like that's owned by Amazon. I'll be I've honest. I've been buying a bunch of comics from there. I'll be honest. This doesn't taint my opinion of only buying digitally no. just because I know I used to own a ton of physical shit and I lost it all now I own digital shit and I could lose it all but I think the convenience of it all being digital like it's a risk either way like yeah but you're more lose my shit one way or the other As so the, the very least digital is more convenient and it takes up less space when you buy something at the store you know you can lose it on the way if I buy a quad venti mocha at Starbucks and I spill it that's on me if Starbucks secretly can say oh I'm gonna drop it for you without you knowing <laughs> then we have a fucking problem you know what I mean I can slap it at your hand at one some of, point one of Amazon's arguments is this is they based, one of the things they're saying is that this is all in the terms and agreements um, they acknowledge that not everyone is going to read all the terms and agreements right. but they're saying this is not a secret like it's there the info is there everybody has a prop 65 agreement that they might get cancer from eating fast food and it's damn near on the label of your burger they want you to read that. <laughs> Amazon should want you to read that they might take away what you bought from them. Yeah. And I won't say it's a, not a little disappointing, but I will say it doesn't change how I'm going to yeah. consume content. It's not, but it would be nice that you wouldn't lose that too, along with your physical shit. Especially if you lost your physical shit, then you buy it from Amazon because it's like, hey, you know what, I have it. But now you might lose that too. Yeah, yeah. Think about movies and shit, like series. You know, like you buy it from them because if you just got Netflix for it, it might not be there anymore. Yeah. You know? Right. Oh, so man, you mention it like that. Yeah, Go and back. that's true. It, it's it 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 might not be. It might Amazon might be in the right, but a judge should hear it. Yeah, now, I will say one of the things, and this is one of the things I always go to when thinking about uh, how I consume digital content on Amazon is I bought Jason the Wheel Warrior Season 2 uh, because I at the time I owned Season 1 on disc and 
you know, I wasn't worried about losing it, and then I did lose it, and I was like, fuck. And I tried to watch, I tried to buy it on Amazon, and they lost their license to sell it. Well, season one, season two, they lost their license to sell Jason the Wheel Warriors. However, I can still watch uh, the Jason the Wheel Warriors season two, even though they're not allowed to sell it anymore. Right. And so, um, that makes me feel a little safer about it. Like, I don't feel like they're just gonna up and because realistically, I don't know how many people are clamoring for Jason the Wheel Warriors. So the fact that they keep it on their servers and they're still letting me stream it, even though they don't have the ability to sell it, means that they're going to, you know, they're not going to be willy-nilly about what they can and can't, or can and can't uh, stream anymore. All I'm saying is you don't want the legal precedent there saying they can take your right to watch Jason the Real, Real Warriors Season 2. You want to you want to get that cleared up. You don't want that foggy. You know what I mean. And if anything that the last four years has taught us is that things that are more traditions and not laws have been a detriment to us because we left them foggy for so long. Yeah. yeah? But with yeah. the Republicans owning the Supreme Court, maybe it'd be better if it didn't go. <laughs> well, the thing is, that's the perfect example. You know, Obama didn't want to put a, a a final judge before he left, and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna do that because it's you know it's the right thing to do, or he doesn't want to have to deal with that battle or whatever. No, 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 that, that's not how that happened. Look, I, I'm saying how they say it now. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm yeah. like about to say, like that fool put the judge up, and they would yeah. not hear yeah. him. Okay, yeah, I'm, I gonna say, I'm like, okay. yeah. But if there was a clear cut law saying that you wouldn't do it a certain time before in an election year, we wouldn't have either problem. Right. Well, it would have been an even playing field because things that ideally. were more tradition and not law was foggy. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You don't want corporate uh, America having that power, man. Also, real real quick before uh, I, I would feel remiss if I didn't mention this. I've I've meant to do it for probably about two weeks now and hadn't done it. But um Marvel Made is like Marvel's uh like their crowdfunding ish kind of thing that they do or they started doing recently. Their first thing they came out with was a bunch of of uh, Scotty Young pins that was basically the stuff they were going to have at Comic Con and New York Comic Con that they couldn't do because COVID. Um, and you know, we all kind of like, Ugh, whatever. Like, who wants that? Even though it's like there are people that want it, so because they messed around and got made. Um, but the second thing they came out with is. Marvel uh Marvel Paragon collection, which is probably the first thing they should have come out with. Uh and and this Marvel Paragon collection is basically a thing where it's like they take talent, or at least what it seems like is they're gonna take talent and feature some of their best work in like a prestige kind of format. 
and the first one they're doing is Chris Claremont. And so, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. So it's Marvel Paragon Collection, Chris Claremont. Uh, it includes, it's a, a like prestige format um, that includes X-Men 94, which is Chris Claremont's first issue, or I'm sorry, Uncanny X-Men 94, I should be specific. Uncanny X-Men um, 129 to, through 137, which is the Dark Phoenix Saga. Uh, Uncanny 141 and 142, which is Days of Future Past. Wolverine 1 through 4, which is, uh, of course, you know, classic Wolverine miniseries that was also illustrated by Frank Miller. Um, oh, they had the whiskers. <laughs> there you go. Uncanny uh, 268, which was illustrated by Jim Lee, and then uh, X-Men number 1, um, which is X-Men number 1, which is still the best-selling comic book in the history of comic books. I'm sorry, so, I missed it. Can you start over? You're so silly. Okay. <laughs> you're so silly. But yeah, but basically, it's all of Chris Claremont's like seminal stuff. So if you want a prestige format for Dark Phoenix Saga or for um, or yeah, Dark Phoenix Saga, Days of Future Past, friggin' X Men number one. Like it's it's all the 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 most amazing stuff, and it's it's a very cool looking um uh book like hardcover friggin' like yeah amazing kind of binding. It comes with all types of extra kind of like um um lithograph kind of stuff and whatnot and so uh it it's you you have until november 20th to pre-order it if you want it they're current they're currently at 422 pre-orders um they need 778 to actually uh produce this and but it is 200 bucks so that's the only downside of it where it it's an amazing like it in my opinion I'm like if you're an X-Men fan and you can spare the 200 you should get it. I know for myself I'm kind of like I don't know if I got the 200 to spare but I definitely want one, you know. <laughs> so it's like so I'm going to tell you all because I know that there are other people out here that are X-Men fans like myself and I think you would all benefit from checking this out because uh Honestly, it's a cool looking thing. Amazing. It it it's an amazing thing. And and you know it's funny because I was actually a talking blue, a blue hardback book with like gold lettering. Yeah. Like yeah, this doing it looks really good. Yeah. And you know what actually I look I'm saying it like I can't share my screen, but let me share my screen real quick just so that I can show the people. I know some of you are kind of like probably like uh what does it look like? So it th this is the book. Uh, so yeah, that's like literally the the there's a big giant book that's like uh it's not a obviously not a dust cover but it's like you have a book or a faux book as a case to hold the actual book. <laughs> so and then uh this is what the actual book itself looks like. And so yeah, there's the the case along with the book, and then you get like these these lithographs and stuff with it too. That's a uh, Oliver Coyle. Um, but yeah, there's like some other. I guess some of these images here, are some of the other stuff that I should show you. Uh, 
but yeah, man, it's a it's a cool looking thing. And so if you're an X-Men fan and you're looking for a way to treat yourself, that would be a good way to go, I think. All right. I'll wait for the digital version. You're so crazy. There's well, no let, let, let's get the case going first. Make sure you, they don't take it away. <laughs> it's all about the legal precedence, man. Like, I remember, like, I remember... Uh, you know, voting for the the rights for gays to get married, and it's just because I don't want the government deciding who can and can't get married. You know, it wasn't even about them; it's about us. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll fuck them before they get to fucking us, and <laughs> gayer than that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, let's get out of here. Jay, give me some final thoughts, buddy. So, this last episode of DuckTales was fucking phenomenal. Like, if you're not watching DuckTales, you should be. And, yeah, this last episode was great. It's basically the kids are, like, set uh, split up into groups of three to find the, the these are three sword pieces. And just the pairings are interesting and they do some like super cool shit uh, with Tiwi and Louie and Violet like definitely check it out it's worth definitely worth checking out actually DuckTales in general is worth checking out you should be checking it out word you watched the Darkwing episode Jay? yeah I did like Good. I had issues with it oh how dare you I mean I yeah, we'll go into that another time. I agree. I agree. Moses Magnum, final thoughts. Uh, subscribe and like, subscribe, comment, whatever. YouTube, you know what to do at YouTube. <laughs> we got tired. Most tired. Yeah, He's all tuckered out. Yeah, yeah. All tuckered out. I've been up since five. I've been up since. Five. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just do everything. We got content coming. Larry getting scared is priceless. You got to see that. Uh, I'm sure Oz will have some unboxings. I have some that I still haven't put up. Anyway, yeah. Bye. For the entire Fantastic Forum, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We do appreciate you. As Moses said, please go ahead, like, subscribe, hit the bell notification, all that jazz. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you want us to cover. Uh, We're Fantastic Forum. We'll be back next week. Until then, we'll see you. Thank you.